Welcome to Dual Win Games episode 15. Today on Table Talk, we discuss scoring method. We review Century A New World and Empire's Age of Discovery. We go over our top 10 games that keep us coming back. We are your hosts. This is Aaron. Ryan here. Tim. Check it in. Ah, that's what I used last time. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you really got nothing, don't you? I know, I do. <laughs> So what have you been playing recently, Tim? Me? Yeah. Well, the first game that I have on my list of recent plays was one that we haven't talked about and that I played at Origins. I know I'm going back a little bit. Is it recent at this point? No, but I just want to touch on it quick. (laughs) So I did a demo of Proving Grounds. Proving Grounds? Huh? That solo game? Yeah. Yep, it's by Renegade Games. It is a solo game, real-time, Ryan, so I, I thought uh, you'd be into it. Yeah, you looked pretty bored when he was giving you the demo. <laughs> no, I actually enjoyed it. And Why did you pick it up, then? I didn't enjoy it that much. Oh, okay. I, I just didn't know how much play I would get. So, anyways, what this game is, it's a kind of a real-time dice-rolling game. You will... The, the real-time aspect of it is that you start a timer if it's like 30 seconds or a minute and then you roll your dice and when you have single dice results they lock so you're trying to roll your dice to match up against different enemies on the board so that's the only real-time aspect of it is just a timer so you're not sitting there trying to roll dice forever Mm -hmm. and when your dice are locked you can maybe take one of your multiple dice Like, say, if you had three sixes, maybe you could take one of those sixes, roll that, try to get uh, a pair of dice from one of them that's locked that you don't need, and you're trying to roll again. So that part was kind of interesting, and basically you're fighting these different enemies that are surrounding you, you're fighting them off with these dice. and That was kind of the gist of it I got. I would say if someone is into solo games, I would recommend it. It's quick. They're like dice rolling as well, sounds like. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of dice rolling. Yep, a lot of dice rolling. I mean, that's just like the core thing to the game, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to like dice rolling and solo games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. If if you like dice rolling but not solo games, I would not recommend it. <laughs> or vice versa. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about that, I guess. It uh, it was interesting. I I thought the price point was pretty low. I thought it was like $25 or something like that. But uh, Was this Roman themed or... Not really, because I think on the on the like cover that. it has like a dragon next oh. to the ladies, but it I never felt like it was fantasy. Is everything gonna, you're asking if it's Roman theme now? Because that's what you're reading. No, I I thought it was like <laughs> it a, is, yeah. I thought it was like a coliseum. I saw you were rolling in. Yeah, it's like a, a yeah, it it is a coliseum, but it's more I would say fantasy theme just because of the cover. But that's why I was asking. <laughs> so anything, Tim, that you've been playing more recently? More? Oh, you're asking me again? Yeah. We recently played an older game from 2001. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was from Martin Wallace. I believe so. I didn't play it, but... And that is Liberté. What'd you think? Tell me a little bit about it. The gist of it is that you're playing the... Was it kind of the French Revolution? Mm Mm-hmm. And you're playing cards, so as you play a card, it shows how many of a certain color block you're going to put on the map and what region you're going to put it in. 
and then each card has a leader on it, which you can put in front of you. You can have up to like four, maybe five leaders in front of you. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to influence the election for one of the three political factions of that time. Which are the three different block colors. Right. So, I mean, that was the main gist of it, is that you're you're putting blocks out there. You're trying to get majority for the certain colors and the different regions. And then at the end of each round, you're going to count up each region, score points for votes. Whoever helped the the winner of the that election, that round's election, they get five points. I think the, the next player gets two, two or three points. And it's played over like five rounds, I believe. Uh, I'd have to look. I thought it said it was supposed to be like an hour and a half. Yeah, it was like 90 hour. minutes was what it said on the box. <laughs> but that wasn't the case. No. And that could have been because we played with the full player count, first play. How many? You had five guys? We had more than four, didn't we? It was John, you, yeah, five. <laughs> that is correct. Okay, and maybe it wasn't the full player count, but it we had five people at least. And it seemed to take longer than what I thought the game should have been. It does play up to six. Okay. And the suggested player count is four and five. Not really much for anything else. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, it was it was okay. I would not recommend somebody going out and finding it. So you don't really like it then? It was okay. Well, what's, o- what's okay? You always say good and okay, but then you're like not interested in buying it. I want to. Is, is it okay? Like a four? Is it a seven? Like a six, maybe five point five, somewhere in there. So not that good then. It's okay. <laughs> I also you don't want to hurt Marv's feelings or what? <laughs> no, I don't care no. about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um. How do you say you found this game? You found it on Amazon or something? I don't know. I something don't know. bizarre. I don't listen to him. Because he, he does that once in a while where he just gets a random older game from Amazon. And I think this is one of them that he happened to come along. Yeah, it um, it felt like if you... So me and Johnny were, were pushing the blues pretty hard. Mm-hmm. and The blue candidate or whatever. Yeah, the blue faction ca- yeah, yeah. or whatever. And um, party, whatever. I think Aaron and Michael were pushing the red faction... We started out pushing white, and then I was that wasn't happening, so I got like five red cards in a row, and I just blasted right up. Yeah. What was Marv pushing? It was kind of... Whatever Johnny was pushing. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> no, I... For the most of the game, it was me and Johnny pushing, pushing blue. Down. And it was... Marv was kind of all over the place. He was like flip-flopping back and forth. Yeah, so I, I almost felt if, if you didn't get the right cards... flip-flopper. <laughs> If you didn't get the right cards for the faction you were trying to prop up during this election, it could hinder you. And also, if say well, if can you switch who you, like you can yeah. yeah you can yeah, you can always switch it up you can um, you'd have which, to be very adaptive because you know based on what cards you get exactly because another thing too is when you when you play one of your cards you can put them as your leaders you can only have four leaders in front of you maybe five but those leaders help break ties. So, say if half of the first round, I was pushing for blue, so I have all blue leaders, and then all of a sudden, I'm the only guy pushing blue, so everyone else is pushing red, so I'm trying to bail off and go red, but here I have all these blue leaders. You have to blow on your leaders right away. It really gave me that feel of if somebody was, if one person was going for one colored faction, 
and that's all they had in their hand for cards. It it almost felt like if they might be kind of pushed out and not have a chance of winning any elections or anything like that. So it was kind of yeah. yeah. What'd you think, Aaron? I felt what area control. So wow. yeah, there was no dice rolling though. No, that's fine. Uh, it doesn't help the game <laughs> any, but. Uh... It felt very much so just kind of like everybody was equalizing everybody else. Does that make sense? Like, no one was... You couldn't really team up to do a better job for the faction you wanted. It just kind of felt like whatever you got, whatever you drew, that's what you had, and you had to play it. So it was kind of just like equalizing, equalizing, equalizing. I don't know. I didn't feel much uh, control. Maybe as a person game. that you were working with, I mean, not really working with, but you and Michael were going for it. Me and Johnny, I felt like we did a good job. We helped win the the final election, and I did win the game. <laughs> and Marv lost, just like he lost to his grandma <laughs> in the previous play. And at the end, I'm just like, wow, you really are bad at this game, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was... I didn't like the scoring and how much time that took to just trounce around the map going, oh, this one wins this one. And for like 36 regions, you yeah. had to do that. It's just like, ugh, can we just be done? Yeah, that slowed it down because you go through the entire round building your cubes or your blocks up, and then all of a sudden we get to the scoring and it's, okay, you got to score region one. Oh, who won that? Here you go. Or... You oh. contributed the most, blah, yep. blah, blah. And then, oh, here's a tie. Do you want to break the tie? Sure, I'll play this card. Do you want to counter that? Sure, I'll play that card. And it's kind of, it just seemed really... How long did this take? Like, like two and a half hours? Yeah, it seemed like it took for quite a while. It was like half that length or something. Maybe you guys wouldn't be as sour. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. If it didn't take so long, and I think if the, the round scoring felt more streamlined... Mm-hmm. I could see it it see it being better cuz I, I thought it had some decent elements to it that you know could have could have made okay, it I guess. A, a <laughs> yeah. All right, so Liberté, Tim kind of likes it, but not really. Aaron's not feeling it. No. I don't I don't want to play it again. I have no desire. I would definitely never pick it. No. Would I play it? It would have to be a, up against the right game. <laughs> Like Basa or yeah. something like that, or Hansa. Yeah. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what about you? You got any new plays? Um, yeah, we recently played a brand new one, uh, you and me. It actually releases at Gen Con, and that is Pipeline. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think? A little overwhelmed initially. When, when you set up the board, and you're looking at all these like goofy pipes going all around, and the... When you initially look at it, it's like, okay, the action spaces are in the middle. But it's like, well, it just looked different. I don't know how to explain that. So so in Pipeline, you're basically running your own oil company. They're privatizing the oil business. And then you run an oil company, and you're trying to get crude oil. You're trying to upgrade it through a pipe network. And basically, you're trying to get the most money by the end of the game. Mm Mm-hmm type of thing there's it's worker place well it's technically worker placement 10 different actions you can take and there's eight actions on the main board and if you take one of those you can pay some money to take a secondary action that's next to it yeah yeah i thought uh 
it was easy to play but hard to do well, I guess is what I would say. Yeah, and I was surprised it was easy to play because I was, what I was going to say is that I felt overwhelmed looking at everything and with it set up, it was like, oh, great. What are we, what are we getting into? Is it going to take a while to learn it and realize what's going on? But once you explain it, it was like, okay, this is actually really easy. It, it's easy to understand. You take, you pick one of the two or one of the 10 actions and you have a chance of taking the other one. And none of them are overly convoluted or right. complex. I mean, this is a heavier game, but it's a heavier one that's easy to get into, basically. Yeah, and like you said, it. I agree with you that really easy to learn once you get past, you know, looking at it and thinking that it's complex. This is the pipes. But yeah, it, people think it's confusing. But yeah, I can definitely see that it's easy to get into, but it's hard to master. You know, it's one of those type of games, and I had a lot of fun playing it which i'm not going to talk about it too much no we plan to review it hopefully in the next episode or two yeah but yeah i think uh people would definitely improve after each play basically you're going to get vastly better so maybe like someone who's played five times is going to crush somebody who's played once or never but yeah you gotta you gotta build up that system to get your money flowing because it's money's it's tight early on especially you know won't talk too much about it so hopefully We'll review it here pretty soon. That is Pipeline by Capstone Games. Aaron, what's been hitting your table? Uh, uh, maybe I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess one I played recently again was Gipf, the just namesake of the project. That's what the whole series is named after. Yes, yes. Um, I Does liked it... it more now. I only played it a couple times previously, but I guess the more I play it, the more I kind of understand what I'm trying to get at. Explain the game a little bit. Uh, basically, you're putting out one piece at a time, black versus white, and you're sliding them onto the board, and you're pushing pieces around, and you're trying to get four of the same color in a row. Whoever's color are in a row in that four gets to pick up their pieces, put them back in the reserve, and any connected pieces to that line get captured regardless of color and um you're basically trying to deplete the other person's reserve of pieces by by capturing them and by capturing them yep and uh yeah yeah i haven't not played this one we played it once but that was one of your first times playing it so yeah i'll have to Try it out again. If you mm. said it gets better with mm-hmm. once you learn, once you kind of understand at it. what you're trying to do in the game, instead yeah. of just like pushing pieces around and being like, "Yeah, it gets better." Cool. A couple games that we got to play on our last game day, all of us: uh, Cyclades and Architects of the West Kingdom. Yeah. Mm. Which one do you want to start with, Ryan? Because I know we had a interesting discussion that talk I... about either one. Uh, we can go with Cyclades first. Okay. Or <laughs> Cyclades or whatever. So in our last episode, we talked about cheap wins. <laughs> how it, did how did this it, one rank? It didn't feel Marv cheap to me. It felt uh, like the game was short, but yeah, it was very short. I just took an opportunity and seized the game. Is what happened. <laughs> it it felt cheap to me. It's probably because you couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah, I mean you had two guys on one island and three guys on the other and the other one guy on the 
other islands attacking everyone who doesn't matter. Well, I think no one, yeah, no one noticed I was bidding on, is it? Athena. Athena. And they didn't realize that I could buy. Well, and you got. Get the stuff. You got something that let you steal a there philosopher was a, One too. of the creatures out there let me steal a philosopher's, but I bought philosopher. And then I think I, you can, I don't know if I bought another one and then I stole. Mine. Yeah. Well, I could have stole 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 anyone's. Uh, It was a perfect storm. Well, he He struck. Obviously, nobody saw me bidding on her Mm -hmm. doing that because no one bid me up at all. Mm -hmm. Because I went to have enough money. Because I literally spent all my money or all but one coin when I bought the creature or whatever at the end. Yeah. So you basically strong armed me in one round because Tim was like, oh, he has a cornucopia there. And and then, uh, yeah, you were getting philosophers and so you were able to by strong arming me put me in a situation where i feel felt like i needed to defend myself <laughs> and marv was just hammering michael on the other side and tim was watching everybody just yep. you know, he was just I chilling was just, in the corner i just building myself up and then nope I... it was quick it was four or five rounds probably five rounds i'm thinking yeah it's one i always think i'm gonna like it more than i do like mm-hmm. before i play it i guess i would say i think it's it's okay I would I would play it, but I would only want to play it once in a while. I wouldn't always want to play it at all. I like parts of it. I like the auction is awesome, and I like the each god gives you different stuff, and you can only do certain actions with certain gods, like that type of stuff. But then when it comes to the area control and attacking and things like that, I don't really like it in this game. But mm-hmm. I like one. I feel like I like one half of the game, but I don't really care for the other half. Yeah, and I think the the it big is focus... always faster than you think. It's I mean, usually it's not as fast as our last game, but it is always quicker than you think. Mm. I feel like the big focus of the game is that auction, you know, that area control and the battling. It's there, but it's not what the game yeah, is. Yeah, the main you know game I mean? is the auction. Yeah, you I would gotta really be aware of what people have or can do, and who they're bidding on, and you gotta bid them up type of thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you got to keep an eye on that kind of stuff, but obviously we didn't in the last game. <clears throat> I I guess I would probably say I like this game better than you then. When I look at the entire series of the Matago games line of Innis, Cyclades, Kemet, for me it's the Cyclades is my favorite out of those three. Mm. Now we haven't played Innis nearly as much as the other two we've only played it once yeah so could that change then maybe but i like the auction the area controls there it's not you know in your face as long as the as well as the battling so i i like that you're kind of building yourself up you're building your little cities up and then turning them into the big cities for points or for how you're pushing the end game and yeah, I don't know. With that being said, our last play fell really flat. Yeah, I could see that. It did. And it it wasn't just because... Ryan you, won. Yeah, but it it was just how it worked out. So we had the two buildings right next to each other at setup. And Aaron went in the corner, and then Ryan, you even made a comment, okay, I'm going to take over these two buildings, and I know it's going to be hot and heavy. It's going to be... There's going to be a lot of fighting here. Contested, yeah. 
I put third, so I put on the other island. And the you other went to the buildings. Well, so I placed third in the corner, and then on a different island. And Marv and Michael basically put right next to me, on that other island. The bigger island, yeah. Yeah. So it was like, if I would have known that they were going to put on that island, I would have went right next to Ryan and at least fought him for it. You know what I mean? So I think that's... Yeah, it's on you. Yeah, he had me next to him. Right. <laughs> in an area control fighting game. So, you know. So maybe it was part of the setup. Maybe I wish that the buildings would have been spread out a little bit more. It's random every game. I, I know it is. Mm-hmm. But, but maybe that's my biggest negative of it then. Do you want a set setup? I'd be fine with that. I mean, you could play not with the Titans expansion, and then they have the islands, and it's a pre-ordained setup. Hmm. But I like playing with the Titans. I like what they add. Well, I don't know what to tell you then. <laughs> well, because it's going to be different no matter what, because the different amount of players. It's just two big islands. Yeah, but I I guess because it's random, so we just basically shake them up and throw them on the board and wherever they land. That's where they land. Well, you can you know? do it how you want if you want to. Yeah play test it and then set up the buildings in certain ways or something you can it's up to you but why should i have to play test a game's setup shouldn't it come you know what I mean? you get what i'm saying I though, know. Right? well and i think it just makes it more variable each time i don't have a problem with that at all like it just you just got to think well where is it strategic to go this game or this game is board setups different where do i want to go so i went right by the two buildings one and challenged somebody to come next to me and no one did <laughs> he beat his chest and yeah. <laughs> scared everyone away. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it, yeah, it just it just that part doesn't bother yeah. me, but it's other parts that I don't really care for. I like Kemet the most of those three for sure. I like the upgrading the power tiles is awesome. Uh, the combat isn't random you have everyone's got the same number of cards and all that stuff and you can modify stuff with depending on your troops and your creatures you have the only part i don't like about kemet is the end game it can get kind of king makey or i know there's one game i had where basically whoever i attacked the other person would win it was yeah. just kind of like it came right down yeah it's so like it was exactly like it, yeah. random on which person was going to win between like flip a coin yeah it's between two other people it's like well who what am i supposed to do mm-hmm I just did what got me the most points, but it just felt lackluster. But well, I think to your point where you say you're always gonna, you think you're gonna like the game more than you do. I agree, and I think it's just how awesome it looks. I was gonna say the artwork, like, the whole does presentation that. just yeah. looks awesome, and the cover, Greek theme, and yeah. all that looks awesome. And and then yeah. you start playing, and the auction's great, and then it's, it's kind of. Yeah, you're definitely right on that. Kind of blumbles. Yep. <laughs> the artwork really gets you amped up, and then you like part of it, and the other parts kind of. Eh. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. but yeah. Guess I'm is, in the minority there. I I still enjoy it, and I'd still play it, but I don't. I guess yeah, like you said, I don't like it as much as you do. It kind of goes for the next one too. I guess I think I'm in the same boat. That is Architects of the West Kingdom. So how'd you guys feel about this one? We've played it quite a few times now. Yeah, we've played mm-hmm. it a few times. Actually, quite a few times. And we reviewed it. Mm-hmm. So if you want more in depth, you can look back. But uh, I would say I still like it about the same. I don't think it's hurt it at all with the plays. I was going to bring up, because you and I had an interesting 
kind of discussion about it. So you said that you did not like the, you felt you didn't like the interaction, I think is what you had said. I didn't, I liked the idea of the uh, capture mechanic the first few times we played it, you know, but each time we play it, I like that less and less. Because typically it's, like you said, someone gets to four workers, they're going to get captured. Three, they might get captured. I think one time I got to four, and then I got to three a couple times, but every other time my people just got gobbled up. Hmm. And it's kind of the thing of, I'm not blaming somebody for taking four workers off someone that's expected that my guys are going to get taken, you know what I mean? And it's, so say I'm going to capture people, and say I got two workers so I can do two people in the same spot, and I see that you, Aaron, and Marv all have three workers there, it's kind of just random. Well, what two of the three people am I going to take? Because there's no real strategy to it because I might take yours, Tim and Aaron's, and I'll leave Marv there. I'm not grabbing his guys off the wood spot because I have no idea if he needs more wood or not. I don't know what cards he has or what he's building up for. So yeah. it's just like a crapshoot. See, I can see that. You know, you don't know what people are building for. You can see what they have stockpiled, but that doesn't mean anything. But I guess what I kept looking at, because the last game, I went heavy on the negative uh, influence track, virtue. The, the virtue track. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my game then. I was using the black market. I was capturing people to make money. What I would look at is would the person that I'm capturing, would they have to do other actions to get money? So were they low on money to be able to take my take those people back? And was it going to hurt them if I put them in prison? So like if the black market reset hit, would they have majority then in the prison? So that's what I always looked at. I didn't care about what, how many would you, you had. How did you like that? I think the one time, I don't know if it was me or Marv or somebody that gave you like two or three that was me. of those deaths. <laughs> yeah, that, um, it was fine because... You're complaining pretty good. I don't know if... I think in the moment he was pretty... Because it could have happened like a few rounds later. Someone could have done the exact same thing to you again, too, yeah. but they didn't. I think it I was don't know Marv if... or something. Yeah, maybe it was. Because but... I was going to do it if he didn't, but it got to you right before. Oh, and then I was able to... Yeah, I was able to... Because you would have got another two or three deaths again. It happened like the first or second round. Pretty so early. It, it didn't really... I knew I had a lot of time to build up and get rid of those deaths, so it didn't really matter. It seemed to bother you during the game. That's the only reason I said anything. No, maybe I was just being dramatic. <laughs> it could be. No, it's, it didn't really. I mean, it, it is what it is. And it's only two less points. It's not. I mean, it could be the difference. Mm-hmm. It's not a very high scoring game. But I, I was just really surprised that you had said that you didn't like the interaction, that you felt that it was I don't random. I like hate it or anything, but it's just one of the parts that I could easily do without. So, how is. I guess, how does the inter interaction differ from like say hansa don't you feel that that's it no, well, that is no, the strategy let me, let me let me finish oh <laughs> so let's say in hansa i have a route and i've got like two things down aaron's got a route and he's got two of his cubes down you have to pick who you're going to cut off doesn't that feel the same because i can tell exactly what you guys need and what you're going for there's nothing that's hidden information at all we're an architects. I don't know what cards, buildings you guys are holding, what resources you need. Mm-hmm. I have no clue what you guys need. Okay. Whereas in Hans, I can see everything. 
See, I, I guess I was looking at something. It's as not like far I'm just as... picking somebody at random because then I'm just I'm picking whoever it's gonna hurt them more or help me more, or slow them down to what they're going for. Yeah. See, like I said before, I wasn't looking at what they had. I wasn't looking at or trying to think of what they well, had. You don't as know hidden... what they have. I know. I wasn't looking at what they had for hidden information. I was looking at what would hurt them. So I guess that's what I was wondering: how you felt it was different from other games with interaction. I guess. Yeah, I kind of stayed at all. No, just, I get that, yeah. and I'm just. <laughs> no, I know. I see what you mean. Well, I still like this goes to the point though, like where I said Cyclades and Architects kind of were in the same boat for me. Mm-hmm. I still enjoy both the games, and I'll still play them, but. It's kind of like Architects is the same way. I like half the game and half the game I don't really care for type of thing. And the early game of Architects I enjoy a lot. And then the last half of the game I just don't really have that much fun the last half. I like the build up but I don't like the end or the last half of the game. I don't know why. I just never feel like I can get enough done. Even though I... Do, do you feel that Altsays it's welcome for you? That maybe I, it's too long? Which I don't no, think it's... A... it's... I just don't get enough done, so I'd say it's too short for me. Or it takes too long to get the stuff done that I want to. I think that was your initial... Yeah. I, yeah. When we first reviewed yep. it, it yeah. was like, I want a little bit longer yeah. to I think suss maybe this out. Part of that is because my people get captured, and then I can't build, like... I want to build more buildings than, like, three or four buildings or whatever it was mm-hmm. type of thing. And it, it, was, it was competitive because I think me, Marv, and Michael were all within, like, four points of each other. We all had 50-something... Yeah, mm-hmm. close. Well, see that game. You know, to go on to the capture mechanic, that game I did that literally one time, and it was just so I could get money by turning them in. Yeah, and so uh, I don't know. There's, I've played a lot of games of this, and there's some games people go real heavy on the capture. Some games people barely touch it. Yeah, and so it you depends know. a lot on the group you're playing with, yeah. and obviously like money. If you're tight on money, you're gonna yeah. you need to do it. It very well stuff. could, or you know, you know the black market's about to trigger, and you got someone sitting in prison already has three workers or what two workers in there, and you want to flop them a debt. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that. Those are really the only times that I use the capture in the game, as far as my strategy goes. Anyways, at this point, um, is just to screw someone else over who's almost getting screwed in prison. That's terrible. <laughs> Maybe I could word that differently. It goes perfect. Achieving a debt and screw them over with that or just to get myself money. I don't use it as often as like a Marv would. You know what I mean? I feel like he was just capturing and capturing and capturing in that game. But maybe I did quite a few capturing too, too, but I had no money to start. So I, I was, I mean, I went to the tax stand a couple times, but mm-hmm. I did get some money. Well, I generated enough coin anyways that usually I could break my guys out of everyone's prison before they put them in jail. Yeah. So I don't know. It didn't affect me at all, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, that was kind of my strategy of the game because I was so low on the virtue track. You know, if I take taxes you get negative two virtue. Mm -hmm. And I was riding that line every time, so I couldn't do that. So that was pretty much my only way to generate income was to snatch people and throw them in prison. Mm -hmm. And, you know, another thing I always looked at when, if I was ever worried about my people getting captured, every time I figured it was always around like three workers at each location 
there's probably a good chance they're getting snatched up. You're running the risk, yeah. If it gets back to my turn and I still have three workers on location, I'm going to do that quick because I'm sure they're going to get picked off. Just bring your own guys back? Or bring them back. Either take, or, or take the action the, to oh, yeah, yeah. get a bunch of resources if I need them, mm-hmm. or if I didn't need them, yeah, I'd pull them back. Right. And then capture someone else there. So that was kind of my strategy of the game. It didn't work very well, but that was what I... <laughs> <laughs> that's what I went for, so... Yeah, I guess I just didn't see it as a problem, but, you know, I could see how, from your perspective, it is a problem where you're thinking, well, I don't know who to capture. I'm just capturing someone blindly. Like, There's a mix of that, and then, like, yeah, the last half of the game always is just kind of, I like the first half a lot, and then it falters in the second half. But, that said, I still do enjoy the game, so. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, Architects of the West Kingdom. <laughs> An update from the review. Aaron, we got to play a racing game after Tim left. Yeah. Uh, Downforce. Mm-hmm. So how do you compare this to other racing games? <laughs> well, I haven't played many racing I games. I've seen that coming. It's the best one I've played. Best one. Considering. Still not saying it's amazing or anything, but. No. no. Um, it's a good game. I mean, yeah. I pick it once in a while, so you know I like it. It's obviously better than Thunder Alley. <laughs> Because that's just garbage. Uh, what true. was it? You and me were trying to buff my car up, and then yeah, was it, yeah. Mi- was it Michael and Johnny? And the, uh, was Marv? Michael, Johnny, and I think Marv was just puffing them both up. I think. Yeah, and I was like, uh, I got so cl- I was like, I think my car was like one or two away from finishing, but mm-hmm. I figured Johnny's is going to win because it was just you and me moving his. Right. So of the the lightweight racing games I've played. There's Downforce, Formula Day or whatever. Yeah, I never played that one. Flam no. Rouge. Flam Rouge, yeah. Flame. I would definitely you... say I like this one better than those two. Mm-hmm. They all give you a relatively similar feel, just because it's racing and whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to play that type of thing that much, but I like the auction in the beginning of this one a lot. It's yeah. half the fun for me. Yeah, and just seeing kind of who pushes who and when and with the different abilities that you get, that's kind of fun. Yeah. It's light. It's entertaining the whole time. You know, it's quick. Super. And the whole time you're like, it's fun. Yeah. It so. seemed even quicker than what I remember, too. I don't know if that's just because the last couple times we played other stuff, it just I thought it was going to take longer. Mm-hmm. But it was like mm-hmm. 15, 20 minutes and it was over. Yeah. But so It's downforce. Still liking it. My favorite racing game. <laughs> so I would... Disagree on a few things, but for I think that Downforce does feel quite a bit different than the other ones, other than the racing theme itself. I mean, you have auctions for the cars at the start of the game, and then what makes Downforce different is that you're not the only one moving your car or yeah. your bike rider. That's why I like it so much better. Mm-hmm. And Cause it's fun to manipulate. I like that, but I would say that it's my third favorite racing game out of those those three <laughs> yeah uh, or even four formula day even no formula day is four. Oh, you said out of the three that's the three i listed it's formula day Don well he's Forsen. talking about thunder, thunder alley. alley as well oh okay so which is a non-issue for us yeah it's, just, it's not in the same category as those ones though it's like four hours longer <laughs> <laughs> close to the same weight but anyways I feel it is quite a bit different, and that manipulation of the cards I do like, but I always feel like when we play Downforce, what happens is as soon as one car crosses that 
betting line. It almost feels like everyone's betting on that car and everyone's pushing that car to the end. It's and about half the people. Usually, Actually, Michael was the one who crossed the line first and no one was pushing him that whole game. It was me and Johnny were getting pushed. Oh, yeah. Yep. For me, it depends, you know, because sometimes someone blows their eight card right away. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to bet on that. Yeah, Even Michael blew his, the line. Yeah. blew his high card, got over the line, and no one bet on him. So right. I think you were in second or third at that point. Yep. And I, Johnny was I, way back there. Yeah. What For whatever reason. The odds he got <laughs> bit on by someone else, and then he got just yep. launched. Well, and the, the what propelled me to bet on your car is because in my hand I had a bunch of high-placing yeah. Yep. card colors for red yep. you know cards for red so i was not part of that game so i didn't see that but it, it the last games we played of it that's the feeling i got was mm. as soon as someone crossed that line they were just getting usually half the launched. people will bid on that top one but yeah this one no one happened to yeah so and then the reason i like the other two better is the basically you're controlling your own team of cars or bike rider and that's you know that's what i like better about it hmm Okay. And Flom. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep, Flom and Thunder Alley. Hmm. Downforce hmm. is, or not Downforce, but um, Formula. Formula Day is fine, but you just roll and move, roll and move your car. I like the shifting part of it. That's interesting. You can shift down or up, and you get different dice. I think I like that on one better than Flom Rouge, just because you can push your luck with a dice, and that's kind of fun. It's, or Flom yeah. Rouge, it just nothing happened the whole game. It was no... You just didn't see the strategies of moving your bike. We all like did the same. I don't even know who won or how I did as everyone was clumped at the end. And It's a bike race, and then you get one guy shooting out ahead to win. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. Ooh-wee. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's excited. He's ready to purchase. Uh... <laughs> no one's ready to play. <laughs> I'll get someone to play with me. What else you guys got? Played Heaven and Ale. Another two player with my brother, and uh, did you finally win? Because I know that's been a thorn. I've won. I won like my first or second game, but oh. I haven't won since. I did win. I did went you? with a straight up barrel strategy. Didn't do any. I mean, I just went to get those objectives. Yeah. Yep. I barely beat him, and he did. I mean, we both kind of. He screwed up more than I did for sure. He didn't play terribly, but it was it was tough. It's two player, and that one's tough. Tougher than three or four, feels yeah. like, because it's just so fast. But, uh, yeah, squeaked it out. I think I got seven barrels or something like that, and I had the plus one and the first spot on all those barrels, so that mm-hmm. ended up being like 35 points or something like that. So, yeah, it's a good one, and uh, I had wanted to try that strategy for a while, and it was just kind of fun because by the end I had like 70-some coins and stuff like that because <laughs> I just placed on the money side. Mm-hmm. So... And it was it was close, so he only lost by like two or three points. So so both valid strategies. I think non barrels is better. Just I got lucky, probably, oh. and I happened to get the hot top point on all the first on all the barrels that I mm-hmm. did grab. You know, is there anything else? Uh, it's not much outside of the game day I've played. You should be excited, Ryan. I picked up Draftosaurus. I heard that. Yeah, I heard that. So That's a good. Kids game though, yeah, like said, so. and that's that's why I picked it up. I saw it at uh, one of our friendly local game stores. It's just a simple little drafting game. It's got the little dinosaur meeples. You're just pulling them out. Pick a dinosaur, put them in one of your pens in your park, depending on the die roll. Pass the dinosaurs, so on. And I got it to play with my six year old, and 
as soon as we got it, we were driving back. It was me, the six-year-old, the three-year-old driving from the store. And they were literally in the back fighting over who's going to hold the box on the way home. <laughs> Sounds about right. Smashed. Yeah, it mm-hmm. did not, which, you know, whatever if it did. But it was just funny. And we get home. We've played it a few times now. The My older boy, the six-year-old, he does a really good job picking the game up. Uh, he understood, you know, how all the pens work, how the die roll worked and all that stuff. The three-year-old sat next to us. So in a two-player game, you take out, I believe it's two dinosaurs of each type, put them back in the box. So that's what the three-year-old play with. Mm-hmm. He got to play with all the extra dinosaurs and put them in his pen and he was all excited. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he enjoyed it quite a bit. We had a good time playing it and I would recommend it highly for a kid's game great components the little meeples we we did play on the winner side did you upgrade the bag not yet <laughs> no that's still issue for me not for the yeah not for the, my son but might almost be for him uh but yeah it um it's good he even picked up the advanced side quote unquote pretty advanced yeah no <laughs> <laughs> The only thing that he didn't quite grasp was one of the pens, instead of scoring if you had majority in your park of a certain dinosaur, when you put a dinosaur there, you're going to score like two points for every dinosaur that your opponent to your right has. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't uh, advertise this more as a, like a children's game, because it really it's yeah. colorful, cutesy, yep. and super, super light, simple. So it's like that's right where the target audience should be right there. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, it's like a really good... Yeah. Intro for kids for like the drafting mechanic yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's my quick uh, kids review of <laughs> Draftosaurus. Tim's Kids Corner. So, that's what I had for new plays. Okay. So, if that concludes our new plays. Oh, no. I got news. Tim's got news. Not really news, just new <laughs> releases. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Did you guys see that there's a new Sentry game coming out? Sentry Gollum? Oh, yeah. The Eastern Mountains, I believe it was called? Yeah. It's just just the... after, yeah, the second one, just the Gollum. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it sounds like they're going to go with the, the three. Yep. That's... How do you guys feel about those? Because I think they're only released in um, North fine. America, right? If somebody wants to get that version, it's yeah. fine. It's good for collectors. Good. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, I don't care at all. <laughs> one way or another my yeah. brother's got the the regular ones in it whichever artwork you like better theme you like better i guess even though there's no theme in the game right but i would i would be more drawn to the Gollum edition but i do like the art quite a bit in the normal century but mm-hmm. you know that's just nitpicky or whatever i guess just whatever one you pick up first yeah you know right yeah <laughs> right Stick with it. Did you see there's a new... Any, imp- good, any uh, good news or just kind of news? <laughs> well, there's uh, a new Imperial Settlers expansion. I don't know. The <laughs> em- <laughs> Empires of the North. That. Yeah, you're you got, really... You got nothing going for... I already said on that game hall. Yeah. I won't be picking up any expansions ever again. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. There's a super power creep. We haven't played... The Amazons, I got that one. Haven't played that one yet. 
But I think once we play the Amazons a little bit, or you know, just more in general, I, I might look into getting this one. Not that I'm you know over the top about it, but I, I might, might look into it. Still don't think I played this. I would think you would like it, but I'm not sure. It's I wouldn't play with more than two. Hmm. This goes way too long for what it is with that. But two, it's good. Hmm. Just yeah. I'm well, trying. I'm trying to get Ryan to go off here. I already, I already <laughs> talked a lot. I still, I do like the game, but it's yeah, it's got some Japanese are severely underpowered, especially when you add in expansion stuff, and the expansion tribes are just way, way, way better hmm. when you know uh, when you know what you're doing, how to combo stuff well, and it's a severe luck of the draw with the cards in the game too. Gross, but maybe I did get a. Kickstarter update about Dinogenics. They have a new expansion coming out. <laughs> That's some more crap news. Well, this is what the news is going to be. Yeah. Let's cut this. It's right not out. really news, but where the hell is it? It's controlled chaos. So the thing I thought was interesting that one of the pledge levels. New game? Like, for, like you get Dinosaur Island or what? For $10. <laughs> It's the first printing update kit. So you receive a revised rule book. Revised rule book, new buildings with new symbology. Bigger um, symbols. Uh, two board update stickers, manipulation cards, and facility tiles. Oh, new manipulation cards. Nice. That's what we want. It. <laughs> you know, I found that kind of... The facility tiles, though, are... Figures. It just said updated ones. I didn't. Hmm. I didn't really look. I didn't look into that much to see what they upgraded. But yeah, I, it. I was hoping you would even talked about this game. I'm just getting annoyed thinking about it again. Well, <laughs> see it. It's interesting because I know we talked about it when we reviewed it about how it almost felt like it wasn't fully finished as a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that we're seeing this rule book and updates for buildings, cards the rule book it's like I, I almost wish they would have taken a little more time initially to put the game out to put they're probably this trying to cash in on the movies as fast as they could though the theme it could be and you know there there was a big success of um the other dinosaur island mm-hmm. so i think it was almost like they were trying to Grab onto that and put it out as fast as they could. You know right, what I mean? The coattails of Dinosaur Island. Yeah, almost. It yeah, it just it, yeah it fell short of that. So I'm I don't know. I'm probably not going to back the ten dollar rule book. I hope you just don't. because because <laughs> I don't want to play it again. Then we'll have to play it. Yeah, I don't want to. I'll look more into it and just see what they change. But it's going to look ha- past the theme. Tim. It's going to have to change a lot into Tim. the dinosaurs. But you got to look past it. It had so much potential. It didn't. Have that much? I mean, it could it have did. been a good. Yeah, it could have been fine, game, but... but where you're building your pens and you got your dinosaurs in there, buildings, upgrading, you're starting your engine yeah. rolling, and it has over half the game was issues. <laughs> Any other news? Any good news? Anything that's going to get me or Aaron excited? No, it was just all stuff that was going to okay. try to drag you down. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So. Let's get past that and get into our table talk of the week, and that is scoring methods. So, Aaron, what do you got for us? <laughs> well, 
I was going to ask some questions like, what do you guys think about where it's team versus team and it's not scoring points to win the game? Like 2v2, that type of thing you're talking? Think like bang the dice game or resistance. I, that that was my first thought. Like not even scoring. Not even scoring. Just, <laughs> so that's not a scoring a, method? Is that in its your own? First, your first question is not talking about <laughs> scoring methods. Is that in its own way, its own method? Uh, not, it's not the, a scoring method. The, all right. That's end game. Like, it's a win. Yeah, it's a type of game, you could say, but it's not scoring so, method. So to answer right? your question, I would say it's not a scoring method. Okay. See, these are valid. <laughs> these are valid questions. All right. Um, hit me with the next one. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, how do you feel about? Um, games where you have scoring throughout, but there's also hidden scoring that's end game. That was one of the things I was going to talk about. Yeah, I do. Uh, I like random scoring during the game, whether it's round scoring or just certain times you score. And then there's also some end game scoring, whether it's public objectives, private objectives, both. You mm-hmm. know, it's different type of stuff. That's always good. What were some games that do that well? Do you think? Well, there's a nothing I can think of off the top of my head uh, like Teotihuacan has it I mean a lot of games really have that where you score during the game and then you sc- score extra points at the end mm-hmm. I like, think that's a very common yeah. thing yeah definitely you know even like um, Dominant Species you're mm-hmm. scoring points throughout the game and then at the end you're going to do a final scoring which yeah. could be swingy Depending mm-hmm. on you know mm-hmm. majority of different locations, stuff it's like not that. really swingy, not swingy, but you're setting yourself up the whole game. Yeah, for the end of game no, I not that it's random scoring or anything like that, but you're setting yourself up. But so just because you're winning before the end game triggers doesn't mean you're gonna hold on to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. is what I'm. I like getting. that better when someone can definitely take the lead at the end like that. It makes based it. On it makes it tense because you just never know. Yeah, you just got throughout think, the game. I didn't set myself up for the end, but I'm gonna try to get a big lead during the game, type of thing. And yep. someone else is planning for the end game. And hope my little piddly points at the end game scoring are gonna be enough to yep. secure it. Yep. Kind of like uh, through the ages, we talked about it briefly last episode. But I always get attracted to the shiny point cards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And first I, and second age. So yeah. I shoot up, and every time I do that, I'm always thinking like. Oh shit, I didn't I didn't you score enough. Too, I didn't but... score. No, I I know, I know. But it's always like, okay, maybe this time I'll score just enough points in this burst to just put myself ahead and stay ahead and it never yeah. works. So it's, I think it's worked once. <laughs> in the app. <laughs> so I like the Prodigals Club and Wandake, how they do the scoring tracks. You take the lowest, they do it a little bit differently, but you do like your lowest score of all the tracks or groups of tracks, that type of thing. So you're kind of working on stuff evenly. It's also nice in games to work, to ignore stuff and just blast off on a certain strategy. But I like those ones where you're trying to move them up as evenly as possible, and it's just interesting how it works in those games. Yeah, I haven't tried it with Wendake, but I know Prodigal's Club, I like that a lot, where you take your... It's like an anti-scoring because you're trying to score the lowest yeah. and then you're basically taking take one of, of the tracks and whichever one you did the worst and that's your score, you know, type of thing. Yeah, and as long as you understand that <laughs> going through the game, 
yeah. you'll do okay. But when you only focus on one track and then you realize your track that's at the very top, Johnny, yeah, that's going to score you 29 points or whatever. It wasn't good. Yeah, it wasn't good. How do you guys feel about like engine building games scoring? Because a lot of times those can there can be blowouts if people get the right combos or if they plan well as opposed to other people or just things like that. Or they're more efficient with their combos or see combos better than someone else did because there can be runaway leaders in that. Well, I think it's rewarding when you build an engine that is more efficient yeah. than other mm-hmm. people's. It feels better when it's less luck of the draw, and that's where, like, say in Terraforming Mars, when we do the draft for the cards, that helps mitigate Immensely, that. Yeah. yeah, you know that helps. Even if you do get blown out, you think, well, I at least was able to look at a lot of cards and make, grab ones that, you know. Yeah, make some actually good decisions instead of just, well, this is what I got this round and I'm going to buy none of them. And it's nice in those, if you do get blown out, where you can see where you can improve. Like, oh, I shouldn't have done this. I should have focused more on that. Mm-hmm. You know, those type of things yeah. where you th- clearly can tell, I sh- this is where I faltered. Mm-hmm. This is where I can improve on next time or I can try this to the next game. I got to say, though, it's so rewarding when you are getting blown out you're getting beat by a big margin in like an engine building game and you're slowly building yours up and when it finally hits and you're able to pass that person to win the game or whatever it it's like ah, you really you really feel like you did it like you really accomplished <laughs> something you know because it's it is one of those russian railroads can definitely do that it makes yeah. you feel smart you know <laughs> you, all of a sudden you just dump some pure alcohol in your engine right yeah at the and end it just and... <laughs> Yeah. So there are typically it doesn't bother me with the round scoring, like you said, Aaron. But there are some games where it does, and I don't know if it's just because that I don't know. It's just like Warsaw. That's the one thing that annoys me. Networks it bothers me where it's round scoring, mm-hmm. and someone those are kind of engine building games, but it doesn't. I don't know. It's just the rich get richer type of thing. It's it's hard to put my finger on why it bothers me in those two as opposed to like 90% of them it doesn't bother me in, but it mm. does in those two games. I think it's just because I've seen it every time in those ones when I've played pretty much. There's been probably a close one here or there, with mm-hmm. them, but... I could see that. Those are just two that I where it does bug me. And another one that is not an engine building game, but Rising Sun, every time we've played that, it's... You can tell who the winner is usually after the second. I think it's three rounds, is it? I think after the second round, you've been yeah. able to tell who's going to win every time. Whatever. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it as long as it's done well. What do you guys think about like a race to a threshold type of game? Like Riticulture, Manhattan Project. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you don't like one of those for sure. Yeah, one, it's been yeah. so long since you've played. Right. But I think that adds tons of tension and excitement to the game. Mm-hmm. Valparaiso was another one. Wow. Yeah, but that, it, that can end like after a certain number of rounds. But oh, does it? Okay. Yeah, there's but various ways for that game to end. I like how Scythe, Viticulture, Manhattan Project. You got that like, oh, is it gonna end? Is someone gonna get there? I just need two more turns. You know mm-hmm. that type of thing. It, it's good. I like it. it. It's hard to do right. I feel like because not a lot of games do it. But when it's done and done right, it's well. And there's a game that uses that as well as some other methods like 
the chaos in the old world where you know it's mm-hmm. like 55 points or whatever as soon as someone mm-hmm. gets there a game ends but someone else can trigger it by dial dial advancements yep, they can and, win by that and then that yep so that's cool how you know you have multiple paths multiple ways to end the game to end the game yeah and score throughout or what have you yep that this is definitely one of my favorite scoring methods because it adds that extra layer of tension throughout the game where like you said ryan you're always like oh i wish if i can get one more turn if i can get one more turn if i can cash in this wine to complete that recipe i can push end game and then you're you know it just it gives you that little bit of good stress yeah mm-hmm. which i really like yeah it's it's definitely good do you like uh like lower high scoring games more would you rather have a 400 to 300 or a 16 to 12 game 16 to 12 that's real low it's yeah it's uh, about the same same ratio so if you lose 400 to 300 <laughs> lose by 100 points it's just like losing 16 to 12 <laughs> that's yeah that's fair uh I, either way really i i could see why a high Obviously, that's the super high and low end of the spectrums. Well, like Porta Nigra is like that. It's got really high scoring. And it feels fun to, oh, you know, I scored 37 points on this turn or on this round or whatever. That that feels satisfying, but the reality is it's the same either way. I think higher scoring lends itself more favorably to people who maybe aren't as skilled in the game or just getting into it. As mm-hmm. opposed to someone that's more experienced, because they feel like they got a lot of points, and you can mm-hmm. see we can get a lot more points. Where if it's like sixteen to twelve, it's I feel like I didn't score at all maybe during the game. I mean, I'm fine with both, but mm-hmm. just for newer players, do you get the feeling of uh, a runaway leader more in those higher scoring games though, just because the point spread looks bigger than the twelve to sixteen? I don't know. I like that I said. There's only a, a few games where I feel like. Runaway leader bothers me. I mean, Dinogenics is one, but I didn't even talk about that one. Yeah. So, <laughs> that game was wiped from my memory until you brought it up there in the news. <laughs> but, uh, uh, because, like you said, it's the same ratio, mm-hmm. but it can the appear, point, yeah, it just looks like, it. like it's more. Yeah. So it's, I mean, someone could be like, oh, I only lost by four points, but right, you know, he right. scored 12. Yeah. Yeah. But it gives you that feeling of it being so much closer than what it might have really been. Well, and I think that's where I like in Architects is it's usually always like 30s to 60s in the points. And, you know, people are usually really close and that is satisfying. But, yeah, it could be 200 to 300, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, so one, it's a weird thing, but one game, it always bothers me. It's... Every game I've played, it's always been just super close. Pretty much no matter how good or bad people are, it feels like it's five tribes. Hmm. I've played... So I've played with my wife quite a bit. I've played with, like, Tim and his wife and other people and stuff. But every time we play, it's just, like, five points. It feels like within five points. Yeah, that's fun a lot of the times. But it's like no matter what we do, it just always gets down to... Like, oh, I, like one of us feels like we played absolutely great that game, took mm-hmm. every right move. He still lost by two. It, was just, it, it feels random almost, which is a weird thing to say. So you mm-hmm. want a runaway leader in five tribes? No. Once in a while. 
I want someone to win by a decent <laughs> margin because I don't want every single game to be close because I know there's certain times where I play poorly and I don't deserve to to win or I don't think just because someone is winning big in a game that necessarily means there's a runaway leader. A lot of most times it's just somebody played better. Mm-hmm. But whereas in five tribes it just I don't know. I wish some games one of us would win by 30, 40 points and not. Yeah, because that's end game scoring, I guess it doesn't really bother me as much because you can't really, I mean, I guess if you sat and stared at, if I sat and stared at what Aaron had, I could figure out how many points he's going to score compared to me. But it, it just, it doesn't feel like I'm trying to count scores during the game. I'm just trying to maximize what I can. No, I'm not So counting it, I, points. Well, no, I'm not saying you are, but it just, I guess maybe that's why I didn't notice it. In the plays that I've had, I like now. I like the scoring of the game. I'm just. It's one of those things where I just wish it always wasn't so close. That's not like really scoring method that I'm complaining about. It's just mm-hmm. the game scoring, like always being tight. Hmm. So, what are your thoughts? I'll bring up Twilight Struggle because that scoring method is quite unique in the fact that it's it gets mixed into the deck so you never exactly know when your opponent is going to play a scoring card or when you have a scoring card how do you feel about that so my actually recently played this with michael my main complaint with the game is when you get stuck with a hand of like three scoring cards your opponent has none that just totally kills you Mm -hmm. like it didn't happen to either of us in that game or anything yeah that's that's the one thing i hate about that game is like when you're stuck with three scoring cards. The other person has nothing. You start putting stuff into a region, and they know you're probably trying to score that, so they can actually react. Where you have no three less to, actions yeah. to react, like do anything. So that really, really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it it's pretty rare that that happens, but it it can. Whereas when you get stuck with an opponent's hand, that isn't so bad because the odds are is your opponent's going to have a lot of your event cards. But I like the scoring in that a lot, where it's kind of like that back and forth, like you said. It starts at zero, and if anyone gets to 20, say, Timmy, you're at 17, I score 11 points, you just go down to six. So yeah. kinda, it's a tug-of-war like that. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. I like that. It's exciting. It's super tense, because like if I see you starting to put more in Europe, I start to think in my head, like, oh. He's going. He's got the Europe scoring card, so maybe I'm trying to do stuff. Turns out neither of us have scoring cards, so we're not going to score anything that round. And it just really, it really adds to that, and it just gives you, it gives you a lot of panicky moments. Yeah. Like how I'm gonna put more influence in there than what he's putting into that region type of thing. Right. How do you guys feel about the point salad? Where everything's just you just scoring points, scoring points. That falls back onto. Like the 200 to 300 point games? Mm. It can. You're going to score a lot of points. I don't mind it really that much. It's just kind of, it's just a different style of game. I usually like that. I usually can get into that because I feel like whatever I do, I'm going to be doing something that does something for me. That helps you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's that makes it easier for you to know where you can do better a lot of times too is that point salad or something like that because when it's just one way to score you might not know where you went wrong Mm -hmm. whereas you're scoring in all these 
different ways or categories, you're thinking, okay, I could have done better in this category this way or not focused on that and gone heavier on something else. Or you can see how like two different things work well together versus, Mm -hmm. you know, A and B work really well together, but A and C don't work quite as well together. But C and D might just trump the other ones. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. Would you say that point salads are easier for new players to get into? Because no matter what they do, they're going to just score points. It's probably funner for them because they're, you know, making yeah. progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, compared to something that might be a little more of a struggle to score, Yeah, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And like we had stated, you kind of mentioned Aaron early with one of your questions, but I like whether your private objectives are hidden or open information. But it's nice to see, you know, there's four objectives out there and people are kind of fighting for certain ones and then maybe you got some of your own objectives that you only you know about mm-hmm. and you're trying to make sure you're lead dog on that <laughs> category yeah when it's like majority and things like that that's cool too so but, you, i was just gonna ask you you like the area control scoring what do you mean or you just said the majority are you talking about majority of like, it, like resources or okay. whatever like no 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 so how do you feel about the area control <laughs> scoring <laughs> uh depends on you know is the game focused on all of my scoring is going to come from the regions that i'm in or is it like this region gives you a bonus to x because i don't mind that kind of stuff but when it's just the region scoring i'm less into it but el grande is a exception to that i guess but i think it's because it's such an simple so i think we should top off the conversation with what's your favorite way to score points in a game Mm. what's your favorite scoring method or what game does it best for you mine would be the the race to a certain number so race to a certain goal yeah so like viticulture chaos in the old world where you start the game everyone sees what they have to hit go get it who can get there faster who can be more efficient and when somebody hits that, there might be some end game scoring that maybe someone can jump someone. Those are my favorite. Hmm. Where it builds that tension. I think that I like the combination of in game scoring and end game. You know, fulfilling contracts and things like that throughout okay. the game to get points, but then having end goals that you're okay. looking for. And whether they're public or private, yeah, either way. Yeah. I, I'm I'm into that. Yeah. Tim Yours was a close second to me with uh, either the race or the multiple paths or multiple ways to win. That can be done horribly wrong, though, so it's very hard to do right. Yeah, when it's done right, it's... Yeah. So I think my favorite is the... I'm going to call it the end game score pad. Uh, it could also be known <laughs> as like the point salad, kind of in a way. The fantasy realm score pad. <laughs> so I'm going to say... The scoring in Seven Wonders, Great Western Trail, Five Tribes, Clans of Caledonia. We got a category of like say five to thirteen things, and you go, Aaron, what'd you score in this category? Mm. Tim, what'd you score? Johnny, what'd you score? So you're kind of looking like, oh man, Johnny got thirty-seven in this one. I only got three. And then you go to the next one. Aaron got fifty-two, and I got thirteen. You know, it's kind of yeah. like that. You see how everyone did in each category, and you're kind of telling in your head. How'd I do? Like, it just, it's, it's, I, I really enjoy that. The back and forth, and then you finally add it all up. You look at everyone's score, and you announce who won. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun, and it's cool. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I do enjoy that as well. Mm. 
as long as it comes with a score pad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say but... that's that's my favorite way is is a score pad. I'll call mm. it. So if you put a score pad into a game, chances are Ryan's gonna like it. I might like it. <laughs> so that's really all I got. You know, Call to Adventure has <laughs> score pad. I didn't say every game. It's true. It's true. I listed some of the ones I really like it in. Okay. <laughs> well, if that wraps up table talk of this week, let's go on to our first review, Sentry, A New World. Century, A New World was designed by Emerson Matsuchi and published by Plan B Games in 2019. Plays two to four players in 30 to 45 minutes. Century, A New World is a competitive worker placement game. In it, players will be collecting resources and eventually trading those resources in for victory point cards. The game will end when one player has collected eight cards and each player has taken an equal number of turns. To take an action, you must place the depicted number of workers on the space and collect or transfer the resources based on the location you selected. If another player has workers there, you must place an additional one and they then receive their workers back to their personal supply pool to use the next turn. You may not put your workers in a location containing your own or a space with an exploration tile. You may also spend a turn to gather all of your workers on the board back to your supply to use once again. You'll be exchanging your resources in fort locations to collect their victory point cards and collecting symbols during play, which will score you some additional in-game points. The game will continue on this way until someone collects eight cards and the current round will finish. Players add up all points scored, and the explorer with the most is the winner. So how do you guys feel about the components in Century, A New World? I'm going to step in here before Tim goes off. I'm going to go 50-50 on it. I think half are great and half are not great. Hmm. I think the artwork is really good. Really like it. Mm-hmm. I think the cubes and the bowls are really nice. Now, we've been spoiled. We're playing with a play mat, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. I will say that the player boards, action boards are thin, cardstock. Really thin. Very flobbly. <laughs> and the workers, I think we all agree on that, are just absurdly tiny. <laughs> yeah, like why? <laughs> no. you got to easily use step-up workers. Yeah, I think it it goes with the the Scoville coins. It's just disgustingly small. There's no reason <laughs> for it. I don't feel like. I would almost venture to say they're worse than the Scoville coins. Only in the fact, so I would say, yeah, I'd say maybe a little worse. About the same though. Just just just, okay. just because in Scoville you need them smaller because you have a little screen. Well, they could just make behind. a bigger screen. They like so. Cyclades has a big screen. You have big coins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying it's it's a crime in both games. But I I almost, I feel like it's worse in this. Can I go off now, or are you gonna go? No, you can keep uh, okay. Off. <laughs> I was really surprised how small they were. I heard that complaint going into it that oh they're really chintzy and they're like smaller than I expected. Mm-hmm. I don't get that. You know the cubes, the resource cubes are big and chunky. They're great quality. You got the little plastic bowls that it comes with. Those are nice. And then it's like, you got little chintzy-ass meeples. It's like, why? I, I don't get that. Well, the quality the, on them is fine. It's yeah, just they're it's too small. It's fine. They're just so small. Yeah, they're tiny is the problem. Like, 
absurdly tiny. Like if you played Queen Domino, like the little knights yeah, you put exactly. on that's the, the board, them, yeah. that's the yeah, size. That's a good comparison. I was trying to think of something. Yeah, and you could have just went with a pretty standard meeple. It's not like... Yeah, you, you maybe know, didn't want to go full size, but you could have gone the next three times up. bigger than what yeah. they went. You know? Yeah. and Half of a normal size one, maybe. I don't know if they're trying to get at like, oh, it'll be easier to see the spots and what they do How with the little ones. How many workers it costs, maybe. Or just different... Like, but really, like, you know, the yeah. squares are big enough to hold. The max it's going to hold really ever is, like, five meeples yeah. on a spot. And you could have very easily... There's hit. enough room. There's definitely Yeah, there's yeah. plenty yeah. of room. Now, we haven't played comboing any of this stuff. I doubt it, but maybe there's a reason they're smaller for when you combo the games together. I'm not sure. Mm. That's... I haven't looked into Maybe, it or played them, so I can't say but yeah, I'm, that it is or isn't. You think they'd do a little bit more forward planning on that if they if yeah, I, you I, know, I'm not sure, but yeah. But I didn't. In Eastern Wonder, they had, the boats were a decent size. Yeah, they're yeah, fine. They're fine. Yeah, it just it, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I haven't seen anybody complaining in the threads on board forums on Board Game Geek about it, which I was surprised <laughs> at. No. It had a soft oh. release at Origins. Mm-hmm. It hasn't released to retail yet, I don't think. Oh, So that okay. might be part of it. So get ready for that wave. Maybe, yeah. now hear me out, maybe the meeples are scaled to be accurate to, to the boat. Because, <laughs> because they, maybe they got to go on the boat. they got to sit on there, you know. On one of the, yeah, we haven't played all the combos of the games yet. Because they are to scale. So We were thinking maybe they're ants. And they're collecting yeah. the resources. You know how ants can gather. They're like, like way worker more than ants size. that bring you back. They're like a hundred times their yeah. weight. So we're thinking that maybe. <laughs> so it could be. You're like the queen ant and they're bringing <laughs> yeah. your goods back. So so workers aside for components, I think we all agree on that. Yeah, yeah everything's good. The player good, boards are just too thin. Yeah, player boards, the actual yeah. board itself. Now the boards the mat. on the mat. Didn't bother me at all. I haven't played without the mat, but it mm-hmm. it wasn't an issue on the mat for mm-hmm. me. No, at I all I can whatsoever. see it being an issue though if you could be, don't have it could get the slidey, mat. Yeah. a little more slidey of a surface. Yeah. It just yeah. go a step up, please. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the bowls. I love the artwork in it though. I like yeah, I like the art a lot. the The cover of the box, the the look of the cards, map. just all of it. Yeah, the yeah. I mean, I'm really sh- nice. I'm sure they're keeping the cost down by yeah. giving you smaller things, and they wanted to keep it maybe in line boards. with the other ones, type of thing. Right. But yeah, come on now. Yeah, pay, we'll probably see an XL pay an extra version. Five bucks to get. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Decent sized meeples. Maybe the Gollum edition will have better meeples. <laughs> maybe. Know. You never know. Maybe, be Maybe you can give big. us a news segment on when that comes out and yeah. fill us in. I'll, I'll prep that. Uh, Tim's depressing news segment. <laughs> I guess one more complaint with the meeples is the player colors, man. Come on. <laughs> what are we doing? We go with your standards. You know, I think I that's, get that's the... a colorblind thing, I think. Because the re- Well, I mean, it's easy to tell the difference between a resource and a meeple. No, but... I think the meeple colors because the meeple's on the board you actually need to see them on the board and you're mm. not sure what color is out there so they go with white black purple and yeah i would venture to guess though that it might be because if you mix the games in that's why they kept the well you need the colors the, the colors same the, as same. the other ones but right. that's why they had them that color to begin with okay because then because with the ships in eastern wonders 
all everybody's ships are out there mm-hmm. so you see and you're not sure which ship is yours okay well i guess that, i guess that's fair but i just i yeah, I know. I know. Most 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 games don't care about people being colorblind. So why do they care here? I, I get that, and it, I I don't know. I just want a green meeple, all right? A green tiny meeple. Well, we could come with custom meeples. I was gonna say that th- wouldn't really be that far fetched to upgrade. Yeah, ours. Well, so easy, fifteen meeples per color. We always upgrade think, coins. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's not that big of a leap to upgrade your meeples. No, mm-hmm. I got upgraded them in Robertson Crusoe. Yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of discs, they're little meeples. Yeah. So I'll have to talk Michael into upgrading this the meeples in here. Yeah, I'm gonna make a note of that. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Uh so how about the theme here? The uh discovering the new world. Well, like we said, if the theme is ants collecting <laughs> Food and resources, it, it fits well. Um, yeah. That is kind of a cool theme, though. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, there's, there's a little bit. I can see where they're going with it. You're discovering new areas and unlocking spots with new action spots. But, yeah, it's... I didn't feel the yeah, discovery. Yeah, there's not much no. theme. Because mm-hmm. when when we just played, when I would unlock a tile, I didn't think to myself, oh, I'm going to discover this area. Yeah. It was. I'm not saying I could feel it. I'm saying I can see where what things make sense yeah. mm-hmm. when you look at it. I always try to do that if I can at least see they attempted to or if they just blatantly didn't even totally disregarded it. Right. So as far as the glue index, where would you peg this one? <laughs> Pretty low. I got nothing. I oh, okay. Uh, um, I guess. Glitter glue. I guess if you like dump a cup of water on an ant and he's trying to crawl up your kitchen sink or something like that, and he he's not gonna make it. <laughs> stay with the ant theme. We want an ant theme game, but you're talking about drowning ants now. Well, who hasn't like squished an ant or like drowned one? I'm not saying that. But okay. I just uh, that's my glue index. You that, asked me, and I gave you a response, and you're getting on me about it. I just didn't expect it. It was <laughs> the adhesion of the. Ant I'm trying feet. to. I'm trying to create. I'm trying to create a theme here. All right. <laughs> We're really trying to push that ant theme. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's. It doesn't feel. Discovery. No. Like at all. You're not discovering the new world. <laughs> but realistically, none of the games in the series are very thematic. So no. I mean, no. I like this theme. Just, you know, game aside, the theme itself I like better than the previous ones. Yeah. But, yeah. It's not there. No. By any means. Yeah, you're right. All right, so we'll hop over to some gameplay thoughts. So, Tim, what do you think? What do I think? I do enjoy the game. I, I do worry that with more plays if it'll start to feel samey because it is such a light game it would be good for new players to bring into the hobby as the you know intro game i think it's great for that and there is a little depth to it as far as what you you're doing like little set collections you can get three mm-hmm. of those bonus tiles and you can drive your strategy towards those three tiles you have. So say if, like I had hammers, if I had two hammers, I scored three points. So I was going for sets of hammers. 
And then also I got another one that would give me, if it was like the bag and a hammer or whatever symbol it was. So I was focusing on those. So you have a little bit with that, you're trading in cubes and you're getting more cubes and then you're, you know, trading them in for cards. So the game is very light, I would say. Oh yeah, it's super light. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's my one concern about the game is that the more we play it, are we going to see anything else different? Hmm. Except if we mix the games. I can see that changing things up quite a bit because you're getting a different experience. I do like this one better than Eastern Wonders because mm -hmm. um, that one was more of a pick up and deliver. Yeah. This one's just more of a straight worker placement. And yeah, that's that. That's my take on it. I like it. Not super like it, but... You're worried. I'm worried. I think that what takes this game from being like just okay to being pretty good is the set collection. That's probably, you know, what amps it up a little bit more than just worker placement, putting cubes, yeah, picking rather up than point just cards. Taking that card, <clears throat> maybe I want to wait and try to build up to this other card because it helps your set collection out. Yeah, it gives you a little bit more to do in the game and that is good yeah and it does give you a little bit of an engine building mm -hmm. because depending on what oh, cards definitely. you pick up yeah you know it's not you know real heavy on it but it's there yeah different spaces are going to give you you know discounts based on like if you get a card and you every time you go to a spot with a bone symbol it costs one less worker to go there or when you yeah. go to a place with a hide and you have the card um relative to it it gives you an extra red cube whenever you go to those spots. So it kind of helps guide your strategy and the sets you're trying to collect. Right. So, yeah. The worker placement is good for what it is, you know. I like the bump mechanic in there. That's nice. Uh, I like that you can't bump your own, too. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I but, like that there's no, like, reset phase where mm -hmm. you put all your workers out and then reset the round. It's just you keep playing until you get to eight cards. Yeah. I, I do like that. And then, you know, whenever you feel it's necessary, then you could pick it up, kind of like the Manhattan Project with those types of games and that, you know, style of worker placement. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And when you take the turn to just pick up all your workers, you know, it doesn't feel that, like, detriment, like, oh, I'm missing a whole round. No, it's just like, yeah. pick them up and boom, you're ready to go again. Yeah. It's it's so fast. Exactly. You know, each, each turn, it's just boom, 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 you're going right through it. Mm -hmm. You got anything? Yeah, so I think this is a great intro or gateway game for a lot of different styles of games. I think it's great for engine building, worker placement, uh, set collection, or recipe completion. All four of those things are in this game. And it's at a very basic level, so it's going to do awesome for someone getting into the hobby. I think it's a great gateway game. I'm always willing to play it. I played it like seven or eight times, probably. Played it at two, three, and four. Um, it's kind of like that Splendor thing for me. I played Splendor 40 times. It's mm -hmm. basically the same type of game, but I'm just kind of building, formulating my engine each time in a lot of the same ways. But I don't really tire of it. I don't think I'll tire of this one either. It's the same type of game, except it's, you're just doing worker placement instead of 
that this one's a little more different um spice road is more similar to splendor but Mm -hmm. and i like this one the best of the century games um it's uh, probably about the same way it is eastern wonder maybe a little bit more but right around the same area Mm -hmm. so i think i like it a little bit more than both of you especially you tim but i think it's great for a lot of different scenarios where you might be gaming yeah yeah definitely go to a convention you could play with just about anyone you know bring it to a family thing you can use it there it'll be fine and while it's got no theme i think the artwork will really get people interested Mm -hmm. yeah and that's a great point because it has a number of different game elements and it's such a light game it is a great way to introduce people to like you said the set collection the recipe completion the yeah. worker placement you know so that's and the engine building yeah, it's got all of those at the very basic level so it really teaches people how those things are going to work when they step up into heavier games yeah and for me anyways as a suggestion if you have all of these games or you know you have the first two and you're thinking about getting this one and utilizing the three together i think that it is worth it to get the play mat set because yeah. it just links everything, makes it look really nice, and it's really good quality. I don't know how much it was, like 20 bucks, 25 maybe? 30 uh, Well, 30. I got both, or I got, he got both mats, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure. I can't remember how much that was. So you're paying for two mats with that instead of just one like normal. But right. I, I'm not, I can't remember, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. If you're into these games and you yeah. want to start combining them and if see If you're going to play them goes, more than a few times, it's definitely yeah, worth it. I would say go for it. So uh, where do we want to start, high or low on this rating scale? Doesn't matter. <laughs> we can go around or... Okay. I, can, around. Uh, I can start. Tim, what do you uh, rate this one? I would rate it uh, at about a 7.5 on the scale, so I do like it uh, quite a bit. You know, I just wish the components, as far as the meeples and the boards, were a little better, but that's just nitpicky and... Whatever, but yeah, that's my that's my spot for it. Hmm. No, it's fun and it's fast paced, so I like that. Um, and being in that spectrum, instead of you know liking a heavy game because it's heavy or a light game because it's light, this one has a good bit going on for a light game, and it plays quickly. I'd give it an eight. I was almost wondering, you were building it up, I was almost thinking maybe it was your coveted 10. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> I was it's... thinking it was like a 6, the way he's building it up, and then he's going to say, but. But. <laughs> <laughs> but those meeples, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 7.5 to 8, probably leaning to the 8. So if you listen to us talking, you probably think I like this the most of the three of us. And I guess I rate stuff a lot differently than you guys do, especially you, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I give it an 8. But that is very high for me. That's like one of the top ones for a light or gateway filler type game. So I, yes. I definitely, I don't, it's harder for me to rate those as high as some other games. That's just my personal way of doing it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I think it's great gateway game. And I think it's one that I could get my dad to play. I could get my brother who doesn't game to play possibly. I'll see when he comes up in a few weeks. Um so yeah, and it's one that I think gamers can still be engaged in and enjoy when they're playing with their family or friends or whoever. Well, yeah, and I to your point earlier where you said, you know, it's a good intro to these four different categories into gaming. That's that's really 
a good thing for a game to have because yeah. a lot of games that are intro games are like an intro to drafting or an intro like to thing. set collection. Yeah. And this one takes it all and that it does it well. Yeah, I so. think it's pretty unique in that way. Yeah, you can have someone new play it and then, okay, did you like... What the part recipe of this part did, of you like? did you like the worker placement or what you know and then you can start to gear them well if you liked that element of the game yep. look so at this let's game try this out yeah and then slowly you know start building them up so. yep and then i think once we play some of the combo stuff together we'll let you guys know on some recent plays or something what we think of yeah some of the games combo together yeah. when we try them out yeah i'd definitely be interested to see how that's combined yeah so good game mr emerson <laughs> <laughs> Well, that wraps up our review of Century A New World, so let's move on to our next review, Empires Age of Discovery. Empires Age of Discovery was designed by Glenn Drover and published by Eagle Griffin Games in 2015. It is heavily based off his 2007 board game, Age of Empires 3, The Age of Discovery. So confusing names aside, Empire's Age of Discovery is a competitive worker placement and area control game. Players are playing European powers vying for control of the new world beginning in the 16th century. The game will end after eight turns, which is split up into three ages each, spanning about 100 years. The goal of the game is to accumulate the most victory points. During the game, players are placing their workers on different action spots to discover and colonize the new world, acquire new and unique workers, collect trade goods, and gain powerful buildings. After everyone has placed all of their workers on locations, each action spot is resolved in a top-to-bottom, left-to-right order. Be careful not to neglect having workers on the map to try to gain a majority in different regions at the end of each age. Scoring will take place rewarding those with the most and second most with victory points. At the end of age 3, the game will end and players will tally up victory points in a few more categories and the European power with the most is the winner. So how do you feel about the components? The components are amazing, I'll just start off with that, but is there a lower version of this game as far as like the component quality or do you have pretty sure i have the base game um i think the only difference maybe is metal coins i'm not sure if it comes with the metal coins or not i think it does but everything is pretty much how the game ships to you that i have and is there a higher quality one like is there i don't i think is this is what it is okay can there be (laughs) (laughs) so i guess what we're talking about we have you got the copy with metal coins, the workers, you got little miniatures, little plastic guys, and they're all different. Mm-hmm. So you have like the priest and he looks like a priest. You got the builder and he's got a little hammer and nail. You got the soldier with the gun. So they're all different molds mm-hmm. as far as the models are. And it's honestly like reminiscent of like army men. Like when you were a kid. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, to this theme. Higher quality than yeah. that. But, but yeah, it's, um, as far as components, one of my favorite as far as component quality. The cardboard feels like it's just absurdly thick. Yeah. And not in like a bad way, but it's <laughs> that like. couldn't be bad. <laughs> it's like, it's like, holy crap. Inch thick cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the soldiers and 
ex, uh, captain are a little bit hard to tell, but I mean the captain is holding oh, the he's got, telescope yeah. up to his eye, and the soldier is holding the gun on like his hip. Mm-hmm. Now the bases are different shaped because I know they had a lot of people. The first edition of the game, or Age of Empires three, was hard to, harder to tell, so they kind of changed it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Their stance and how they're holding the stuff and the mm-hmm. the base of the figure. Um, I think my one complaint with the components, besides that, it's a minor one, is the uh, the art. Now it's not bad, but it looks, it just looks dated, or just kind of. I mean, yeah, you could say, oh, that's part of the theme of the game with it, but it just, I don't know, it just kind of looks kind of meh. Yeah, I, I never had a problem. Like, with I don't that, hate I it or anything. It's just kind of blah. I mean, if you're going for a dated look, you'd think you would use like that classic antique map style, but it's like colored and yeah. all that stuff, so it's kind of got a little uh, wish. You know, washy, whatever you want to call it, yeah. wishy-washy it feel looks, to it. It looks hodgepodgey. <laughs> it's a weird thing. I'm not. Just my complaint with the components is the art. I like the little ships. Those yeah. are nice. Oh, yeah, the, the ship boat minis. Yeah, yep. those are good. Mm-hmm. No, everything's nice and thick. The plastic's good. The insert. It's one of the few inserts in a game that I've actually kept because mm. it's actually useful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it has a like the plastic cover over the top, so everything holds in. Yeah. I do wish, uh, if I remember correctly, the buildings, they're like a solid color with art into it. I would, Is that right? Yeah, you're what talking you about mean. the tiles. Yeah, the tile, the building tiles. Like, if you look at the art of it, it's not, it's just one solid color. Like, they're all red or yellow. They're green. all different colors depending on the age. Okay. I mm-hmm. know. So, I, I almost wish they would have had, like, the border as a different color. Or the same color, and then they would have had more art color in the building itself to oh. help that pop. You know what I mean? Well, the buildings have all the text on it, mm-hmm. so you don't really have room for art on it. You could maybe still had some text over the arts. I don't know. It just that was my. I'm really like a little speech yeah. bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really scraping here for any negatives on the components, but I guess maybe I wish the the buildings would pop a little bit more. How's the bag? The resources bag. Is it a good bag? It's a good bag. It's, it's a good, good bag. bag. <laughs> I guess the I think the inner might even be a little silky feeling. Oh. The outer edges the outside I think is felty. Not all stringy. <laughs> no strings, no altiplano bags in there. <laughs> and it's a good size bag, so it's no draftosaurus bag. Good. Well, you, you need them big cuz you pull out those big chunky tiles. Yep. Yep. You'd be surprised though. some games they give you a small bag for what you got to grab. It's true. So. Yeah. So how's the theme come out here? It comes out for me. I feel like I'm, you know, only the Caribbean is the only area that's like explored to start the game. Mm-hmm. That's the first region that was explored in the New World, and you're kind of just going out exploring different regions, unlocking new regions. You know, you're getting your resources for coin. It's different. It definitely comes out for me. Yeah, I would agree. I feel it as well. You know, the worker placement side of the game. Maybe not as much, but as far as exploring into the new world, you're trying to you know, get majority in the different regions. I do feel like I'm doing that with the worker placement aspect. Mm-hmm. I think having the different types of workers always helps with yeah, the theme. Definitely. Just like Anachrony helped me with the theme a lot on that. When you got unique workers that do unique things for you, it makes you feel like they're special. They're doing different things. Yeah, that's one thing that I really think helps capture it all is your explore your captain 
does a sp- specific thing versus um, your priests. You yep. know, that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, the the theme is it's, uh, it's pretty. So it's, how would you glue index this one, Tim? Aaron, maybe uh, that plywood adhesive. It's pretty heavy. It's uh, you know, made with formaldehyde. <laughs> it's heavy. It theme smells then, awful, yeah. <laughs> but it sticks together well. It takes a lot to pull apart plywood. Well, it's kind of a dark theme with the colonization, obviously. Yeah. So it is. So something not everyone might want to get into, but yeah, I could see the theme, you know, potentially, yeah, turning people away if they're. So yeah, if you want to go ahead, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of it, the theme with the colonization in there, as far as like some of the awful things that happen, like you do fight the natives and eradicate them, or yeah. however you want to. So that's could definitely potentially turn some people off. Sure, I mean any so game be... that's historical typically has some sort of you know at any point in history yeah terrible things have happened yep that's just the way it was and uh, i don't know how else to justify yeah not that we're trying to like glorify (laughs) no no, i'm just saying if you're playing a historical game go in knowing that there could be some things that yeah awful things happen be touchy throughout history right just gotta debate if that's something you want to get into or not right but it doesn't uh doesn't you like celebrate the fact no. it's not like you're right you know yeah. slaughtering people you don't right. feel like you're doing those things right. in the game or anything you feel like you're colonizing new land and you're using your different types of workers to do that yeah so we touched on some bits of gameplay but what else would you like to talk about i would say my my only negative experience i've had with the game and it wasn't part of the game that was the issue. So is that a player or a game problem? It was a player problem. Mm. Okay, and who was that player? <laughs> uh, well, it was one half of the Wet Bandits. Mm. So what happened was he was in a territory with, with one of my workers. You know where I'm going with this? I don't know if I was in this game, but so <laughs> I know where you're going with it. Yeah, <laughs> It's happened to all he, of us with Marv. <laughs> yeah, he went really hard for warfare every mm. round. To where I wasn't even close to getting majority in that region. I was basically just getting second place there or moving in for whatever reason. And every time I, even if I'd have one worker, he would have 10. He would go to war with me every round mm-hmm. and just completely slaughter my guys. I would put one guy there. He would instantly just go to warfare and just kill him. Like, why? I don't, I didn't see, I never understood why he did that because. It wasn't like I was going to take over majority from him. I wasn't going to take his colony. I he unless he thought I had something special planned where I was going to come out of nowhere and take over. Yeah, you weren't even but competitive it was, in the no. game. You were clearly. I was getting stomped in the game. Yeah, and he was just giving me the coup de gras, just nonstop. <laughs> I don't pretend to understand the internal machinations of <laughs> Marv's mind. <laughs> so a lot of times in. Not all the time when he's doing that type of stuff, but when he does, I just won't even bother going in there. Like I'll just back away. And that's probably what I should have, but like that was I had one colony yeah, next door to it, so it was like no it made sense for, for me to, to go there. Mm-hmm. Even though I wasn't it, it was just I do well, remember. Well, a colony this being game. next door doesn't do anything in the no, game. No, but you know, if I 
for whatever reason, whatever, I can't remember exactly what the reason why I kept going yeah. in there, but it was like nonstop. Yeah, he was hammering you relentlessly. And, and I think after doing it the first couple times, he should have realized there's, I'm not gaining anything by doing right, this. Right, right. And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like it was once or twice. It was the whole game. So that was really my only negative experience with the game because I left that game like... Butterticus? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit because, I don't know, I just... And again, it wasn't the game's fault. And it, it just kind of, it was what it was. I've played it since and had a great time with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was my only negative. And I don't know how you can get away from that other than somebody not just going nuts for one person. So again, it's not the game's fault. Mm-hmm. But it can happen. But it can happen in those area control types. Yeah, games. and really, if you think about it, it could happen in just about any game with area control interaction mm-hmm. where one person can just go hog wild for one person. For no reason. For no reason. But so yeah. Positives on gameplay on your front. Positives? That was a- <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'll bring it up a little bit. The posit- So I'm a big fan of Dominant Species. And this game gives me that same feel. You start with worker placement. You're putting your workers on the worker spots. And then you're taking those workers and you're doing, I mean, maybe you're sending them off into the new world. So it does give me the same feeling as Dominant Species, but I think the game is definitely different enough. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I enjoy that. You know, you're sending your workers out building up your regions. Maybe you're trying to score different tiles or you're getting set collection as well uh, with your different good tiles. And then the ships you can get, they have a little, they are, they're the wilds. Um, the buildings can help change up your strategy or help you focus and refine it. So there's just a lot of things going on in the game. It's very heavy. Uh, it could it could turn people away. Obviously, we said the theme, but obviously, uh, also with the complexity of it and maybe the length of it because it can play long. Mm-hmm. Those, to me, are not negatives. I know I was probably getting the side eye on that one, but uh, I, I think that I realized with area control games anyways, this one is a good example of it. Is I tend to like the ones that are heavy and have worker placement and are not just like it's not the main focal point maybe right and because i do really enjoy this game and i think what one of the cool action spots is you know you need majority in that action spot by the end of the worker placement round to do something to get the ship to get the ship that's that's cool i like that and trying to get the uh different buildings because those are super powerful they're they're definitely good good things to go for and the collection of the resources. I really like that. Um, so yeah, this is one of those area control games that I like. I you, actually you do enjoy. have a lot of them that you do like, but there's so many that when you don't like them, you just, I freaking hate them. Yeah. yeah it's, exactly. it's either he really likes them or really hates them. Yeah. It's got a, well, there yeah. is some medium ground too, but yeah. do you think the yeah. biggest thing is that it doesn't with a combat? It's not like you roll a dice. You just take an action. You don't mm-hmm. always even do have combat. combat. You have to actually yeah. 
Right. Someone's got to be invested in this a war or a battle to do that. I yeah. Do you think that's why you like this one more as well? Yeah, probably. It's not every round there is combat. It's going to happen. You're going to roll dice. You suck at rolling dice. You lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like we've stated, it's got some of the feels of Dominant Species um, where you've got the blend of worker placement and area control. And then the actions are actually going top to bottom, left to right, just like that game. I think that's obviously where it ends, but that's a great start. Mm-hmm. And I think what really shines in this game for me, besides that, is the unique workers. I love. you got a lot of different ones that do a lot of different things and help you in certain areas. I think people tend to ignore the builders out on the map a lot, and that's a huge way yeah, to score points. Yeah, the multipliers. Yeah, people don't see that or just don't do it or they see someone scoring a lot of points and they're just stubborn and don't (laughs) try to get builders in their regions Mm -hmm. i think that and the buildings are the two things that really amp this game up for me the buildings are really powerful really awesome almost all of them are there's a couple depending on when they come out might be duds but and then the third age buildings are all scoring buildings and it's just always a huge rush of how do i want this first choice or two on one of these buildings or do I want to get the builder workers or certain workers to help me score more points or do other things well to help get area control with like the priests or whatever so I think uh, those things combined together really do it for me Hmm. one of my negatives was someone can keep hammering someone like you experienced him and that is more of a player problem but this game does lend itself to that, like a lot of area control games do, where you can have combat. That's really all I got, though. I really like the, you know, worker placement area control is a good combo to have when it's done well, obviously. Hmm. What is your rating on this game? I give it a real solid nine. Hmm. Okay. The, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no final touches or anything? Nah, I talked about it already. Okay. Yeah. Being that it is one of those area control games that I actually enjoy, and it's a heavy game, you know, versus how I would rate Sentry, I I don't know how my rating really works, but it makes sense in my head. (laughs) Yeah, that's all it is. It's just what... Yeah. So I'd be at like an 8.5 to a 9. I think I'm right there with you guys. I give this one a 9. And it's, I've said it before, but it's one every time I play it, I'm like, man, I really do enjoy this game a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you kind of, I kind of forget how much I like it. Sometimes it kind of gets pushed back a little bit by other games. I don't, it is heavy. I don't think it's quite as heavy as what you guys are making it out to be. No, it's not. You know, it's, it's, not it's like a super, it's on the, it's a heavier medium game, maybe, but it's really not that complex. But, there's stuff going on. I'm not saying it is it's light or anything. Right. But yeah, it's It's just a little step up from Sentry. <laughs> <laughs> Weight wise. Or... Yeah. So if you if you play Sentry and you like that one, get right into this one. You're going to love it. Yeah, you're not going to want to do that probably. Um you might want to hold off a little bit. You might like it, but uh <laughs> it's not a guarantee. But yeah, uh I think it's a great game and we probably only play it once or twice a year and I always enjoy it yeah. and I think it has good longevity. And that's almost a shame that it I mean once or twice a year, yeah, but 
I almost I like you said I always feel like when I play it it's like oh man I I forget how much I really like this because mm-hmm. you also have different country abilities for yeah. each player so it gives you a little more It never feels the same when no, I play no, not when I play lot. the game. I just yeah the workers in the buildings just take the cake for me in this one. Yeah. And, and they they have a set of green workers. Oh, <laughs> I like that. They have green player cards. Yeah, it can play up to 6 and it plays it plays good at six. Yeah, it does. So it does it. So that brings us to the part of the episode where we go over our top ten games that keep us coming back. So, well, so Tim, why don't you tell us about how you formulated your list? <laughs> well, so I, f- I feel All like right. I feel like this list could change. You know. In a few months. This is a tough list to make. It is. It really is. Because Not in the fact of finding 10 games. It's just how the criteria for the list. Right. Yeah, honestly, this is was when I made the list, like, what right now yeah, exactly. are, is games yep. keeping me coming back? Exactly. Like, what is your hotness almost? Like, what games are you thinking about the most recently? What games yeah. do you want to continually pick mm-hmm. or get played? That was kind of what I looked at. So, because if, if a game... You know, if I'm looking at what I'm going to pick for our game days, if I have a number of games that are consistently on that list, why is that game bringing me back? Why is it? And obviously, it's going to make this list. If you're going to so. get played, it could be one where you want to play it, you just can yeah. never play it. Well, that's right. there's a few of them on here like that. Like You played it never or once? No, not okay. like that. But it gets played a few times, and it's like, okay, I want to pick it again because there's just something about the game that wants me to to see more of it mm-hmm. you know yeah so i mean we kind of talked um we could have just made it our top 10 favorite games yeah and i didn't want to do that exactly i don't want to obviously some of mine are on here because that's part of the reason why they're in my top 10 because they keep me coming back right so yeah. mine is kind of a combo of that as well as games i've played a lot and i'm not sick of them still my list is very okay. heavy in that sense of games that i just keep playing um, I'll get into obviously more in depth, but that was the main basis of my list. Do you th- do you think sometimes? Um, so say if you have like a base game, and you like feel like you know you like it a lot, but then you get an expansion. Do you think an expansion could help propel a game up this list? It could do it both ways, really. There's sometimes I get expansions and it makes me like the game less, or I never want to play <laughs> with it again. It it can yeah. go. It definitely can help propel mm-hmm. or keep the game feeling fresh for you if it got stale type of thing you know yeah as far as my number order i don't know i mean you, i could even before we started recording i'm looking at it like well i could move that one up oh yeah i was that, you know I so was constantly erasing stuff and mm-hmm. so scribbling yeah stuff i i put them in a number order but to me i could almost put them in any order it just it's always how I feel. I think mine is when I wrote the list which one I wanted to play immediately <laughs> back to which yeah. one I could wait a little bit on. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. So a lot of mine is for the most part something I've played a lot, I've not played out on it, and after I play it, either right away or very shortly after, I want to play it again. Hmm. Alright, so my number ten is a game I've played thirty three times. Really? Yeah, so a lot of these games, 
are ones I played with either my wife or Michael a lot. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but any guesses <laughs> based on that? <laughs> okay, so anyways, my number 10 is Orleans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I probably only played with the ex- the expansion a handful of times. I mean, I really like the expansion. I would, wouldn't play without it now because it's very easy to implement. That is the second expansion, Trade and Intrigue. We've talked about the co-op, I uh, like that, whatnot. but the competitive game is what I'm talking about here. I think what keeps me coming back is there's tons of different strategies to try out. You know, we love moving up tracks in our games. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. Moving up the track and getting a worker and, a, like, a special little ability or action. I mean, you, you can't top that. Yeah, you can't go wrong. <laughs> when you move up a track and you get something for it, it's, it's, it's great. <laughs> So yeah, I've played this game quite a few times at all player counts. I enjoy every one. Just a great game, and I'm uh, I'm ready to play again, especially now that I got those upgraded oh, yeah. tokens. Oh, yeah. I, I upgraded wait. them yeah. to the yeah. So the nice chunky. Have you played with it? Bits. I haven't. Oh, I've been man. itching too. But <laughs> <laughs> How often do you just get the bags out with those chunky pieces and just? fiddle them around i think once or twice so far i was gonna say i bet right away it was yeah right away and then i think i maybe i did a few days later or something (laughs) just kind of put them in the bag and then just kind of fondling them a little bit (laughs) just give them a little squeeze yeah so that is my number 10 orleans so my number 10 it is a game that the reason it makes me want to come back is because it's one that i'm interested in and i like it you guys don't like it but there's a lot of hype around it, um, and that is root. Oh, I always, I always seem to know you're like nine or ten, and then after that, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why. So, you know, this is one game where I could see, you know, if I play it three or four more times, maybe it falls off the list. And I don't want to play it again. But there's something about it yet that makes me want to keep picking it or playing it just to see how the different factions work. You know, I haven't used all the factions. And just kind of seeing that and maybe, um, yeah, I guess that's the biggest reason. That and, you know, it's hyped everywhere. It's winning awards like crazy, game of the year. So you fall into the hype. I'm not falling. I'm just trying to see if it's there. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it, it is, it's still one that I do like. Not, you know, you guys are way down on it compared to I am. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think the reason it doesn't get why I don't pick it more is because you guys don't like it. So I'm kind of waiting for groups, someone right. else to play with. <laughs> right. Right. A new group, the right people, somebody who likes it. So that's my number 10 route. So my number 10, I know you <laughs> oh, don't even get to talk about. Oh, well, you can, if you want. I don't know. Do you want to? Yeah. I, was gonna, I mean, I always like okay. saying uh-huh. a little something about everyone's games. It's, it's one that, yes, I don't like it, but I've only played it once. I would try it again begrudgingly. You know, I'd give it another shot. I don't know if I'd want to play another faction or the same one. But, yeah, for me, obviously, we've talked about it, it fell way short. But I would try again to see if it improved. And if it didn't, I think I'm cutting the cord on it. I think I'd give it one more chance type of thing. It's one and done at this point? Yeah, I don't want to have to play a game I don't enjoy four to eight times to see if I truly like it or not in the end i guess and see that's my problem i don't want uh, it it feels like it would be such a big investment 
to enjoy it. And uh, I don't know. It's like forcing yourself to eat something you don't like so you get a taste <laughs> for it, you know? Uh, that's true. So that's my when number... there's so many other good games or good food out there. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> but that's my number 10, Root. All right. My number 10, I know uh, you guys aren't huge on, especially you, Ryan. <laughs> and uh, that is Pandemic Fall of Rome. And I don't know. I like the the lighter co-op in this aspect uh it's just i feel like it the times i've played it it didn't take too long it was challenging enough where you know not that you gotta think super hard about anything but challenging in how the uh revolt cards come up and just things like that i do wish there was maybe like a little bit of something else like kind of like in how iberia you can use those cards that give the um, different diseases or whatever little oh, specials. Yeah. I wish there was something like that in there, but I like the attacking. I like the bringing a legion around with you and building up forts. And I would like to try all the different players in it, all the different, you know, different combos of yeah. characters and see how they work better. It's almost surprising that they didn't because each faction and I mean, each in the, yeah, in invader. Reality. Yeah. It could be, you know, made so much differently with the different cards, mm-hmm. how you want to add them in, like those diseases. So I'm kind of surprised they didn't. Yeah, I think what keeps me down a little bit more on this game, I, I still do enjoy playing it, is it just gives me the feel of Defenders of the Realm in a lot of ways. But that game's better for I, you. Yeah, I like that game better. I was going to say It has a little bit more to it. There are things that frustrate me in defenders like when i draw the card it's more confusing as to where the people go Mm. they cleared that up i mean it's not made by the same people or anything Mm -hmm. but it's easier in pandemic fall rome to see that but i like the adventuring aspect and getting the cards and then use those cards to roll certain amount of dice against the leader and just there's little things i like more about defenders and that's why that one but that's no, it's, it sound, no that's that's exactly what I was thinking. It sounds like I need to try I think that game. You should try it. Yeah, I, there are things that the artwork is going to be real hit or miss. It's mm-hmm. like real old school fantasy looking. You know, kind of the rule book. I mean, that's for me. You won't have to worry about looking at the rule book. But the rule book is really hard to read. The font mm. is awful. <laughs> but and it's stuff is kind of placed in weird spots. So now, when you say bad artwork. Like old school? Do you mean like eighties animation artwork, fantasy, or like, like old just... school D and D type artwork? Okay. No, I I like it, but I can definitely see somebody not liking. Okay, you know. Well, anyhow, Pandemic Fall of Rome. I like the Pandemic series in general to a degree, um, but this is mine, <laughs> and uh, I enjoy the theme. Anyway, my number ten, Pandemic Fall of Rome. It's very. Basically, it's a mix of Pandemic and Pandemic Fall of Rome with some, just a little bit of adventuring, a real light adventuring type thing. So, my number nine is a game I have played 16 times. No? Nobody? Nothing? That, that's okay. a, that's a no theme guesses. here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to state <clears throat> each time. So, I've had three games on this list I have not played at least 10 times. Hmm. All the other ones I've played 10 wow. or more. So they really keep you coming back. Yep. And this one is one of Johnny's favorite games. 
or he picks a lot at least, and that mm. is chaos in the old world. Mm. Yes. Part of it is I haven't even explored a lot of the game, so that keeps me coming back, and I mean that by I have the expansion. We play with the Horn Rat, obviously, if we have five people quite a bit, but the completely different chaos cards that each faction gets are the upgrade cards. So it gives each faction a different play style from the base game that they're already vastly asymmetrical to begin with. So that's what keeps me coming back is each faction you feel totally different when you're playing and I enjoy the game. That keeps me coming back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's a really good game. Um, just It's the card play in it. I enjoy that so much in this game, and it's very mean and ratty, but it it feels in a good way. Like, I don't know. It's hard to feel like you're picking on somebody too much in this game because you can. It can. You can yeah, if you can. really want to, but it just... I love the card play in it and how ratty the stuff is, and you're trying to protect yourself and screw other people over. Yeah, the key is being able to protect yourself. You know, and obviously you don't know what chaos cards everyone has during the game. But we've played it so much now, we know how each faction works. We generally works. know, yeah, how, what they're capable of. Right. So you kind of know what we might see during the game. Yeah. So you kind of protect yourself in that aspect. But yeah, that's... Uh, and like you mentioned game. in our table talk, Aaron, with scoring method how the victory points or winning by the dials is really enjoy that mm -hmm. so yeah that's my number nine chaos in the old world i think this game used to keep me coming back but more reason you know i still like it don't get me wrong i i don't know i can't believe you don't like this game anymore <laughs> hate it <laughs> garbage throw it out um I, I don't know if it's just rolling dice or something but yeah you might be played out might just be a little but yeah. you know when we played the last time where we used the different chaos cards and upgrade cards that was cool and it renewed it so we'll see from there my number nine it's a very spicy game Scoville yeah Scoville uh, doesn't keep it coming back to game day though that's for sure <laughs> there's a reason I know because I mean the same issue that we abyss. have abyss that I play it a number of times with my wife. It's one that I still want to pick at game days, but for whatever reason, it just gets knocked back. So it's one I'm always considering picking, but I really like the theme of it. It's unique. Your little pepper farmers moving around, and you're basically matching the colors to determine what color pepper you're going to get, and then you're trading them in. So it just, it's, just feels different. Yeah, it's For it's me. a unique yeah. game. It is. Um, I do enjoy it quite a bit. I've played it a handful of times. It's been so long since we've played it, and I do want to play it again. So maybe Aaron will pick it. Maybe uh, you, maybe you have him intrigued here. I'm hoping. <laughs> I have played it once, and it oh, was you did play it a very okay. long time ago. Yeah, it's a good game. Yeah, so that's my number nine, Scoville. All right, so my number nine is a game that keeps me coming back just because it is so much fun when we play it. Is it fiddly? I have a guess, but... No. I'm guessing Bang, but that's just a guess. It is Bang the Dice Game. <laughs> really? Yeah. How'd you guess that off of... Because it's so much fun. <laughs> I, there's a lot of games you can And see. I pretty much always am down to play it, and very much so great, like, nightcap for game days. So, yeah. yeah. And with the, <clears throat> diff the little expansions... It, yeah, it's I really cool. love... 
old saloon, I think it's called. That mm-hmm. it when you play it enough, that really adds some fresh air to the game. It's yeah. not necessary, but it's nice. And you know, it, it's kind of this game is gonna get stale if your group gets stale. You know what I mean? Yep. It's not the game. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so, it's group dependent. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. So for me, yeah, bang the dice game is was good enough and fun enough to make this list. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good pick. Yeah, that's cool. My number eight is a game I've played 37 times. <laughs> um, this would probably hit Tim's top 10 games that keep me away. <laughs> and that is Mombasa. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So as we know, this is designed by Sir Alexander Fristus, <laughs> who's been knighted on the podcast. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't ask us to do like a knighting ceremony on the podcast, really. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the reason this one keeps me coming back is the puzzle in my brain that it gives me. The way it does it the most is the bookkeeping track is my favorite thing in all of board games. And I know that <laughs> makes Tim cringe <laughs> to hear, but that really gives me the most yeah. satisfying brain burn when I figure out that puzzle because it's the bookkeeping track mixed with those that card play. And like the discard piles and organizing it and planning it, you really you have to plan multiple turns ahead, and it's very tough. But man, I love getting to the end of that book track, <laughs> especially because it's satisfying. Because people online say, "Oh, it's just pointless; you can never do it." And then I get to the end of it, and I'm like, "Look at me, I did it!" But it's it's honestly it's just so much fun doing that. But I love the rest of the game. I love buying the cards, the stock market aspect where everyone can jump in on the same company you know you're splitting companies you're getting shares um, that fluctuates so much because you can start blocking people and make theirs less valuable but you can just jump on different tracks and get shares in there you're not beholden to a certain company at all you're also moving up tracks and when you're moving up the tracks in each company you're getting either a special ability or a special action worker spot for you to take which is a good action so you know like moving up those tracks in games but yeah um i love this game it's got so many mechanics in it and it blends so well and that is Mombasa. all right tim <laughs> yeah you know you know already <laughs> that your favorite part of the game is by far my least favorite part of the game i just not only is it my favorite part in the game it's my favorite thing in all gaming that combo of things it's just <laughs> does it hurt your heart a little bit to hear me say it it does it really does it and i don't fault you for not liking it i understand why because it is it's a lot of forward yeah. planning and it's tough and, and if I, you screw up you yeah. feel burned and that's what always happens to me that i go into it thinking okay i'm gonna try it this time I'll tell you what and i try if it if you ever play it again which is highly unlikely but if you do just ignore the bookkeeping. Don't even look at it. Don't worry about it. Isn't that a fault of the game then? If I have to ignore, well, it's kind of a fault a of part. you if you can't figure out the bookkeeping. <laughs> no, but if it's if it's something I don't like in the game, why yeah. should I just ignore? Well, you don't one have to because you don't. You like don't have to do it to win. I know I don't get them. Go go diamond crazy. Yeah, go diamonds and other stuff. Yeah, you don't have I, it to. just. I prefer I, I, not to I'm be I'm just yeah. suggesting if you ever play it again, don't even bother with the bookkeeping if you well, hate it. I'm sorry, Sir Alan, Alexander Fister, <laughs> but I don't like that part of the game I at all. I understand that. I was offering you a helpful suggestion. 
Nice try. You mentioned if I ever try it again. If I ever do, sure, maybe I'll just. Which I know it's unlikely. I'm just saying. Yeah. Try just like I'll maybe I'll cover that part of the board like on your (laughs) side. So I don't have to see it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Put up a little blinder. You can give me a custom player board that doesn't even have that bookkeeping (laughs) track on it. Yep. Like a like a racehorse that just has the side blinders. Yeah, that'll be. That's you. Yeah, for those that, that's, playing that's this game. Awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, so my number eight. It's a game that I've played it quite a few times solo. I've played it a few times with the group, but it's been quite a while. And it is my favorite deck building game. And the theme keeps me coming back, the different expansions, just the different combinations of cards in the game itself keeps me coming back, and that is Marvel Legendary. And, yeah, it just, uh, I really enjoy it. I like trying to figure out, you know, when you put the mastermind and the scheme and you throw some heroes together, you try to make maybe pick ones that are going to combo well together, or maybe like the Guardians of the Galaxy, whatever the case is, and you just try to figure out how you can defeat this villain can it be random with the card draws? Yes. But I don't think it takes away from it. It's a game I really enjoy, and it always keeps me coming back. Well, <laughs> he's got a point. But the Predator theme is much better <laughs> than Marvel. Sorry. Yeah, no, and I mean, really... I mean, that. yeah, no, there, it, it's played... the system that... Yeah. yeah, I haven't played the Predator one. I I do want to play that one. Yeah. Because I like the Alien one where I didn't like the Marvel one. And it's not... I mean, obviously, I don't really like the Marvel team, but it didn't feel thematic at all where the Alien one felt thematic to me. Mm-hmm. And I like that game. And I want to try the, the Predator one. All right. So, I yeah, good pick on the... The, the Legendary? The Legendary. The system. Okay. Yeah, the yeah system. so, I mean, really, they're at the point where they're coming up with so many different Legendaries. Yeah. Where you can pick a theme and go with it. I mean, they got like 007 coming out. They got Buffy. They've got Little Firefly, Firefly Little or Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, just really, yeah, huh? That came out a couple years ago. But yeah, they just so pick a theme you want and then slap it on there. Yeah, and slap get it rolling. On. Yep. So that's that's it. That's your number eight. That's my number eight. Marvel Legendary. All right. My number eight is a... Keeps me coming back because I like to play it solo as well as with other people, and that is Architects of the West Kingdom. And when I play with other people... uh, Like, when I play with some of the people on my family and they start to get really into it, you know, that... Mm -hmm. You tell really, they're having yeah. a lot of fun because yeah. they're you starting have so much more fun than when you're bringing them. It's joy. rewarding. Yeah, they're yeah. they're starting to understand like the different things they can do and try to piece together strategies, and that's fun to see mm-hmm. playing. And it's like, oh, I can't let them win. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they do. Yeah. Um. But even even the solo play is cool, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Whenever I play it, I I just uh. I like trying different things. 
in the game and like let like we were talking earlier in the episode mm-hmm. sometimes i see games where people go crazy on capturing and like this time i tried to do that as little as possible yeah. and i just rolled with the punches when people did capture my dudes so eh, eh. we talked about it a lot this episode already so well uh my number eight is architects of the west kingdom i could definitely see this I figured this would be on your list, and uh, the insert is quite nice on it. Yeah. Other than the really little spot to get some of uh, the resources from, I'm like, yeah, you uh, <laughs> I wish that was like twice as big, but the, I mean, it's the size of the box, so it's yeah. like you're getting the, your fingers like that. Yeah. They could have cut the coin spot down a little bit. And, yeah. But, but that's okay. Is there, so this is kind of not really off topic, but it's kind of um, um, Paladins. Is there any word on when that's coming up? Fulfillment is supposed to be in September. Oh, okay. So I don't know if that means they're that shipped fulfilled. Like I'll be fulfilled now that that means <laughs> you like okay. delivered to people fulfillment. So yeah, it should be pretty mm. soon. Okay. So my number seven is a game I've only played nine times. So it's in the single digit range. Man, I got it last year at Origins, and that is Alchemist. Mm. This game is worker placement, but it's so much different than any other game for me. Uh, the deduction, I love it in this one, and I love the artifacts. There's just so much for me to like about the game, and it feels really thematic. And I love the artwork. Um, I can't wait to play more parts of the expansion and the more complex parts, but... I'm not even nearly satisfied with the base game yet, so it's going to be a long while before I'd even play with that stuff, if I even ever do. Maybe up into the 20-play range. Yeah, I'd want everyone to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, everyone's played it actually a few times, but and everybody seems to enjoy it, at least somewhat that has played it. At least that's what they tell you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's one of Mars' favorites. Michael always wants to play it. You might be the one that's probably the lowest on that. What yeah, and really, I'm not that low on it. Yeah, either, that's what I mean. Yeah. So everyone seems to at least enjoy it. But yeah, I keeps me coming back. The deduction, I don't know. I just I always feel nervous or stupid, <laughs> like I'm doing stuff wrong, and that's part of that tension that it gives me, like mm-hmm. figuring stuff out and almost betting on certain areas. The worst is when somebody takes that action to dispute a claim, and yeah. in your head you're thinking, oh. Sh- Shit. I screwed it up. <laughs> but really, they might be trying to bluff or, you know. Whatever. Or with someone super confident in what they've done. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, well. How confident uh. is this guy? And what? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's my number seven, Alchemist. Really looking forward to more plays. My number seven, it is a game that Aaron has not played. Shocker. <laughs> it is a very big game. And I think just the amount of stuff in the box is what keeps me coming back. Ugh. And me and my wife played, we're playing through a campaign now, and that is Gloomhaven. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not super invested in our characters or the story, but what keeps me thinking about wanting to play the game more is just how much stuff's in there. There's so many little tuck boxes in there that we aren't even close to opening so i'm just really interested to see 
what else is in the game. And I do like the card play where you got your hand of cards, you're playing cards. I know Ryan was down on it, but I did enjoy that. So I think that's all I got to say about it. They got him hook, line, and sinker. Yep. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't say hook, line, and sinker, but it, it keeps me coming back. They came up with like an expansion for it. Didn't even consider that because there's so much stuff in that box already. It's like, hmm. you know, what more could they add? I'll never know. <laughs> I'm getting, you, that's a shame from this side, and I don't think yeah, it's all like right. It. No. no. You might. <laughs> you might think it's fine, but I don't think you'd. <laughs> Who do you trust more? Do I go to mom's house? Do I go to dad's house? <laughs> I don't like hate the game or anything. It's just it was a dis- big disappointment, like huge. And so, I played again, so I played another scenario. Okay. Yeah. So you played three then? Three or four? Okay. Because it's the the game is so repetitive. It's the same every single scenario is the exact and I know I've said it a million times, but it's the same exact thing. Yeah. See, the I never got that is the same feeling. exact thing. So I know you had mentioned you guys intended on playing like twice and you played once and just put it away. When we've played, we've played two scenarios back to back or three scenarios back to back or you know, set it up for the next one. Yeah. So it's it's kept us interested. I think part of our problem is we know the rules for Mage Knight, so then we're comfortable with it. You know what I mean? Then we played it enough where that just is so much more satisfying to play, and it gives me just a better puzzle in my head. On we're Gloomhaven, it just kind of feels scripted. Yeah, see, I'm playing my cards for me. Other than the theme, I wouldn't even consider comparing these two games. I'm just ta- basically the card play is where I'm talking. Is the only. I think it's it's quite a for me it's quite a bit different though because it's not like you're buying cards to put into your deck it's you're going into a dungeon with the same deck you don't buy cards and you can you can get new cards during the game yeah well that's what I mean a few but yeah okay <laughs> no I'm just saying the card play is somewhat similar to me and it's just so much more disappointing for me in Gloomhaven I think the game is fine. And I understand why people like it so much, and it's got obviously hours and hours and hours of replay or playability. Mm-hmm. I won't say replayability. <laughs> Travesty. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying that it's you know one of my top games of all time or anything like that. Yeah, I'm probably I rate it obviously higher than you, but as far as a game that keeps me coming back, this is this is definitely one for me. <laughs> Seven? Yep. Yep. All right. My number seven is... I wonder if it's also predictable. <laughs> um, well, if I say anything, you'll get it. My number seven <laughs> is Azul Stained Glass, and it keeps me coming back because it's a uh, quick, easy play. Um, that the scoring is more satisfying than the original Azul to me. And I like the different endgame scorings now that I've tried both of them a couple of times. I like just kind of switching it up every once in a while. Um, mm. Changes how I think about what I'm 
place where I'm placing things and how I actually playing the B side made me think more so about how I wanted to set up my uh, window tiles in the beginning. So that was fun. Um, and yeah, it just is pretty. And I <laughs> yeah. like to play it. I'd be interested to try this out a couple more times with regular Azul. I thought it was okay right away, but the more I played it, the more I've liked it. I still think it's it's just good. Like you right. know, it's but not I'm interested. Like... Yeah, I'm interested to see where this one would fall if it kind of followed the same route where I like it a little bit more, a little bit more each time I play it. So I think that Ryan is uh, converting him to <laughs> yeah, an <yeah>. abstract guy. <laughs> You're converting him, and it's slip for me. <laughs> I you didn't like it. Wow, I'm, that's not what I. <laughs> no, I I wasn't big on it initially it's it's fine but i think after the last play it was it's starting to feel more like regular azul even with the worker Hmm. it does add a little bit more but now it's starting to feel like eh, i'm still doing the same thing i'm i'm picking tiles and i'm putting them on still get holes you just got to be careful yeah you can sometimes you know it's just is what it is yeah i'm i'm starting to see i didn't i don't like it as much as i thought i did initially Maybe that's what I'm going for. But I'll still play it. Well, I'll play it just... with you. And okay. I'll, I want to see where this one <laughs> fully lands after a few more plays. Yeah, if you ever want to borrow it too, play with Sarah, go for it. Uh, yeah, so anyways, my number eight, Azul. The seven. Glass seven. <laughs> my number seven, Azul, the stained glass of Sintra. Awesome. So my number six is a game that's on this list because it's a ton of fun. Aaron, do you have any guesses? You bang the dice game, isn't yep. it? Yeah. I have played yeah. it 63 times. Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. We always, I, I don't think there's been a single time where we haven't played more than two games. Like, we've played one or two games, yeah, and it's always succession. multiple yeah, it's, games yeah. in a row. Yep, just always great fun. We pretty much hit on it when Aaron talked about it, so there's nothing really else to add to it. Great party game, end of the night. Bang the dice game. Good stuff. So my number six <laughs> is fun in a different way, and it is a one versus many game. I was saying that could have been Gloomhaven, you know, a ton of fun in the box. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a it's a ton, but not a ton of fun for you, right? I still enjoy it, but I'm just for what I was hoping. Okay, Anyways, well, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go past that. So this is level seven Omega Protocol. And one player plays the alien overlord, controlling all the little aliens running around this compound. The other players play marines, and you have objectives, you have a scenario, you go in, and you're just battling it out. The The cool thing about it is the adrenaline. So mm-hmm. the more actions that the marines take, they spend adrenaline, and they give it to the overlord, and then the overlord can use that to activate different dashboards and it doesn't get played as much as i think it should it's a game that i like a lot and it's just a ton of fun i like playing both sides of it and again it's a game that i always want to pick and if if it doesn't work out as far as timing or the amount of people we have or what um, but it's definitely one that's highly sought after for me yeah you pretty much hit everything there at the end love the game i think it does the best one versus many easily for me 
I really like working together as the Marines too. I like the setup where you kind of gear up. You can customize your gear. Obviously, the overseer is tons of fun. But like you said, it's so hard to get to the table. It it's yeah. a long setup. It takes a long time to play. Um, I don't think it's everyone's style in our group either, so it makes it harder then. But uh, every time we've played, I've had a, just an absolute blast playing both sides. And it's always one of those where, like, I want to play it, but it's it's hard to get it the right time to play it. Right. Because someone might be have to leave or show up. And mm-hmm. the I played it a couple times. I enjoyed it. I would like to try the Alien. I don't know if I'm ready for it yet. Maybe a couple more plays as the Marines, and, and then we'll give it a go. So in, like, six years. when we <laughs> <laughs> After we played it three more times? Yeah. yeah. So we have... If I remember right, we have one more scenario in the base box, right? Yep. Do you know how many scenarios are in the expansion? Maybe five is my guess. I'd have to look again, but... And we could easily... Oh, we can restart for sure. Yeah, it's not like... You don't find things out type of thing or anything, but... It's just different tactical scenarios, basically. Mm -hmm. Six. My number six is a two-player abstract strategy game. I mean, there's you so many. That, <laughs> well, I'm guessing Czar, but there's so many that it could be. And yeah, that is Czar in the Gift series. The simple game, knock it out in 15 minutes. I've talked at length about this in the past. Um, I like how the board shrinks as you play, basically, and the powers of the different pieces, you know, how many of them you have changes constantly throughout the game. And. You have to adapt your strategy as you go. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Bizarre. I know. Uh, so I think this is a really good game, and I think these style of games, like these abstract strategy games, lend themselves to this list very well because the replayability is dependent on your opponents. So every game feels fresh, and you're learning new things, new strategies, playing the game better. So I think these are highly replayable. Mm-hmm. So that's just my... Yeah. I would disagree. (laughs) (laughs) But you look at a lot of those kind of like, like chess, for example, like just stuff like that. Like people just play chess, go like over and over and over, you know, it's it's one of those. What do they call it? Evergreen game or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. My number seven or six is (laughs) Zara. I'm just like a whole push You're one number. Yep. So my number five is a game I've played 46 times. Um, you guys will both be disappointed in this pick. Now, Aaron, I think you just played the one time and you did atrocious like oh, years okay. ago. I think if you played it again, maybe you might still not like it. Definitely. but <laughs> You definitely will still hate it. If but you played no, it again, you might actually enjoy it. You might find that you like it. Um, it's a quick game anyways, hour, hour and a half. And that is The Voyages of Marco Polo. Um <gasps> So what keeps me coming back to this game is not the fact that you guys don't like it. <laughs> that is a selling point. Mm-hmm. But the complete variability in the setup of the start of the game, I absolutely love that. I can look at the state of the board and think, okay, this time I'm going to shoot for maybe this and that. It's just completely different strategy each time you play in that sense because every city has different stuff, different uh action cards that you can utilize the player powers are so crazy powerful that it formulates your strategy and you want to utilize them 
and I really enjoy the dice worker placement stuff. And it is good to have high and low numbers in this game. And that is my number five, The Voyages of Marco Polo. <laughs> yeah, that's another one that keeps me away. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I can't weigh in. I don't remember anything about yeah. it. And I was... <laughs> Other than I did awful. Anyhow. I posted about it on our Instagram, <laughs> and it was probably one of our most commented ones where people were like, no, no, you gotta... Because you're... You gotta move more. You gotta move more. It's so great. You you didn't like it and yeah. like the movement and stuff and everyone is like yeah you're doing it wrong and you don't yep. you, know, you get a <laughs> which yeah. I'm I probably am just like the book track in Mombasa but no a lot just, of people you know. don't like the book track in Mombasa hmm. right I feel vindicated now people people think it's too hard to do yeah but yeah you know I I almost I don't quite get the same feeling this but I feel like moving's so expensive and so hard to do when I can just sit and just send stuff to contracts and I can I, but, but, I feel like I'm competitive just yeah. sitting you, you in one spot you can be competitive but you won't beat somebody that travels well you'll never beat them yeah I wouldn't I, I know I don't, just... I don't know that so I don't yeah my number five it is a game that is a ton of fun with a lot of cards okay Thunder Alley doesn't have cards <sighs> Thunder Alley Nightfall has, has cards thund- so Panic thund- Attack has cards. The few, I don't know. This one, when you open the box, it is packed to the gills. So, like a legendary villains? Or Summoner whatever? Wars. Oh, okay. Summoner Wars, yeah. Well, it depends on what you get. The, you could get a so, little pack with like 20 cards. I'm going off of the game, the copy that you have, which is literally it everything. everything. Okay. And it is packed. Um, but that's like Summoner Wars, the Master Set, Alliance, all, all of the, the factions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it keeps me coming back because obviously I, I'm a big fan of the game, so that helps. <laughs> but just the, sh- just the amount of combinations that you can add. The Alliance really helped that because you can mix factions together. And it just... I don't think I'll ever get bored of this because there's so many combinations of cards and just, yeah, it's awesome. I want to play it now. <laughs> it's a good pick. Yep. Aaron, you gonna step aside for half an hour. Me and Tim are going to play. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you get out of here. I'll let you roll <laughs> to try to get the last hit to see if you can get not snake eyes. <laughs> Redemption. It's been so long since I played that one too. We played huh. it a lot, though. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. did. We played a lot good. in a short time. Mm-hmm. Kept me coming back. <laughs> so I'd like to try other factions and stuff in that game. See what it's got. You good on it? I agree with everything Tim said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen often, but when it does. Oh, boy. Yeah. Look out, world. That, the last one I think I agreed with you fully, too, the level seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I've... Ugh. <laughs> I I think almost the rest of my list you might be you might be right there with me. Uh, I said almost. Yeah. There's one I know one for sure. I... Yeah. So my number five. There you go, you got it right. Nice. I got it. High I, five. I remembered that. after two <laughs> two flubs. My number five Um is an engine building game that uh it's pretty simple. Played it a lot. But it's got enough to it, and I really enjoy it. I even like 
the stuff out on the map that's terraforming Mars. So I think it's just all the different card combinations that you can get throughout the game that keeps me coming back. I want to see what else is going to come up and what other ways that I can I can build an engine in this game with the different milestones I want to go for. And it can be a little dependent on, you know, what you get even in the draft, but you can still kind of do whatever you want to do. And, yeah. and that it's very replayable for me and the card play is what makes me want to come back. Yeah, I think uh, just, there's so many cards in there and there's so many combos and there's probably so many you feel you haven't even explored or touched on yet. Right. There's so many, there's a bunch of different resources. You know, do I want to go for money this game? Do I, you know, heat, mm-hmm. just different things like that. And I think I've only played with the Prelude expansion once or twice and that really upped the game for me. Oh, absolutely. So I'd like to, I'd like to play with that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a, yep, it's a good pick. Yeah, it's good. That is my number five, Terraform Mars. My number four is a game I have played 23 times. And it's slipping. It has the two identical designers to my number five, Daniel Tassini and Simone Luciani. Hmm. And that is Zulkin. Hmm. And uh, this one uh, it keeps me coming back. Uh, I have the expansion, and that makes your strategy, you can't just, bank on the same strategy every game you have to change it up because there's lots of points and negative points you can get if you don't pay attention to the prophecies or if you want to ignore some of them you can but you need to go after one of them and sometimes i do quite well in this game and sometimes i do horribly and that just keeps me coming back and there's (laughs) a number of different like i want to just go ballistic with just getting tons of corn i want to go just big resources move up on all the temples or grab tons of skulls it's like there's so much I want to do, and I know I shouldn't, and I get sidetracked. Um, this game's all about timing on the wheels and figuring out when you're going to place on, pull the people off, but on a turn you have to pull or place, so it's it's a lot of timing. And played this a few times this year, and I'm looking forward to my next play. Can't wait. And it's very quick for how much meat it gives you in a game. That's true. Yeah, it's been quite a while since I've played it, but... It is one that I do enjoy. It's been too long for me. I, I you've, It's been picked at like two game days, and I've been on the other table. Game, yeah, the other yeah. table. So, yeah. We'll try to keep that going. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so my number four, it is a game that, Ryan, when you and I played the first time, we wrapped it up, and we set it right back up. We got done playing that scenario. We were walking up the steps talking about it. We ended up turning around and set it back up, played it again. And it's one I just taught my wife just yesterday. And we couldn't just play one scenario. We played the first two. And that is Arcadia Quest. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's one that it's just kind of a light dungeon crawl style. You have your guild. You're moving them uh, throughout the dungeon or the city, wherever the scenario is. And you have objectives. So it's not a cooperative game. So I have three characters. Aaron, you would have three. And you're basically trying to, depending on the player count, you're trying to get a certain amount of quests completed. So the scenario might have two or three. And then another one is like like knocking out one of your opponent's characters. Mm. And you're just kind of running through. You're rolling dice. You're just doing all sorts of goofy stuff with your characters. 
And I mean, that's just about it. At the end, the big draw that makes me come back so quickly after playing is you get market cards, your little reward cards, your upgrade cards, and you can purchase up to three of them in between each scenario. And it's always like, oh, how would that sword work? Or how would that bow or magic weapon work with this character? And it just, it brings you in. And it's just a fantastic little game. Not little, but there's a lot of stuff to it. But yeah. Yeah, I think if you asked me to make this list two years ago, this probably would have been way up there. Um, It has dropped quite a bit for me. I still really do enjoy the game. I think it just kind of, it feels samey, but it's samey in that it's still a lot of fun bashing bashing your way around through whether it's people at the table or through the monsters on the table and like you said the uh getting those cards at the end and the upgrades and then you want to like you want to play again and like use your new stuff yeah. shiny new stuff you know type of thing it's kind of got the diablo effect like oh yeah. i got the new sword yep yep, yep. just use, something oh, little gotta use my plus mm-hmm. two sword here <laughs> <laughs> you did kind of crush me when I suggested playing it, getting together, playing it, and you're like, oh, no. it was quite a while ago. Yeah, no, but he was crushed. it was like, oh, yeah, because I think I don't remember I played what it with was. Aaron but... shortly before that, maybe that was it. Nah, yeah. yeah, I probably ruined it for him. No, I was, I was, <laughs> I'd gone down on it because I'd played through the campaign once or twice. I, I, I did th- obviously at the time. I loved it. It's dropped quite a bit, but I still, it's a, it's a really fun game. It's mm. tons of fun. Just Ameritrash running around, smashing stuff. Yeah. And uh, it made my heart happy last night when my wife and I played the first one. And she's like, you're going to set up the next uh, scenario, right? (laughs) I mean, I guess. If you have force force force, I suppose. So, yeah, that's my number four Arcadia quest. My number four is, uh, I'm just going to get right into it, Gaia Project. Every time we play that, I just want to do better. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that is to play it more. So it keeps me coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I feel satisfied when my turns work out just right in the um, rounds where I can get the little round objectives yeah, little, yeah. completed and things like that. So I think there's more to be explored, and I'd like to try different factions. And yeah, I don't know. It's a It's a strange one for me. But I enjoy it. I don't it, just the map stuff, building these whatever you call them, um, faction not factions, but your buildings, you know I mean. terraforming the, the planet, your gyro the, copter, whatever it's called, you, the the guy former, yeah, <laughs> gyrocopter. God no, when federation. Oh, you're oh, oh okay. making the federation. Yeah, oh, just okay. trying to make federations and stuff like that is yeah. something that doesn't seem like something I would care to do at all, but I do really enjoy it, and I like the upgrades or the income that you get building the different buildings and deciding. You know, well, I can stand to lose a couple of income by upgrading on this resource by upgrading this building to get to get a know, different type of resource yeah. this turn. So I want to play it again. That's a good one. Yeah, I guess we've kind of talked about it recently. Mm-hmm. I played it the second time, finally. Did enjoy it quite a bit more. Um, I want to play it again to know how I totally feel because the map part for me I don't really like, but I like the rest of the game. I don't like the stuff out on the board that much. But whether that's inexperience, not really know what I'm doing, or just want to play the game more and I'll grow to like it. 
So we'll we'll see how I fully feel after a couple more plays. Well, and those tech trees are just really cool. I like moving up tracks. So yeah, that's, I, really... I just want to sit and do that. I don't want to do the. I'm like, oh, the stuff on the map. I don't. It's not fun compared mm-hmm. to this other stuff type of thing. My number four, Gaia Project. Definitely. A game with a lot of replayability with all the racial powers and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we'll be hearing about it later. Probably. The list. You got it on your list? Figuring you're going to have Oh, it. me? Oh, okay. I'm guessing. I'm not, I didn't say like as a fact. Did I'm you just, look at my list? No. I, <laughs> my number three is a game I've played the least on this list. But it is the new hotness for me. Because it's new game. Well, new for me. Uh, that is Russian Railroads. I've played it seven yeah, times. You've been going nuts. Wow. Uh, got it. Well, I played it. We played a couple times at Origins, mm-hmm. and then I got it a couple weeks ago and taught Sarah the game. She loves it. She gets frustrated because she can't win. <laughs> <laughs> Michael was over the other night, and the three of us played back to back games. Like right after we got done, we just saw, like, we're playing again. Mm hmm. Because. Maddie was up in bed and whatnot, so we're like, yep, we're playing. And, uh, man, this is so good. It's, uh, <laughs> now, you ask me like a year or two from now, it might be off the list or drop farther down, but right now it's, I've tried, I like doing all the tracks. Like, I've done each one just going nuts on those tracks. I've done combos of tracks, and it, it just building well i mean you're building your engines up but it's an engine building game you're building mm-hmm. engines to score points basically and uh, uh it's, it's satisfying how do you like the factory tile track i like it a lot okay I've, i like every single one of them now i've done all of them and they're all tons of fun for me at this point i mean just watching you talk about this game like you're just <laughs> you could just tell you're getting into it yeah i'm surprised it's not higher um, it's because I haven't played it enough to know if it's gonna get stale eventually, type of thing. These other ones aren't okay. Gonna get. I've played them so much more that they're not. They're not stale for me. And they're not gonna get stale. I think if this base game for this did get stale, there is the German railroads, and that has a lot of variability because you actually pick how your track builds out. Everyone gets different player boards, and then when you get to a certain point in your track, you actually input a board that gives you certain stuff. So you can switch it up every time you play. But yeah, it's moving up the tracks. You like moving up tracks in games, you know, and this one (laughs) does it the best of all of them. They are literal railroad tracks. (laughs) (laughs) So, and it's one of those that it's easy to teach and understand for people. It's still has a lot of strategy and depth to it, but it's really simple to learn. So that's Russian Railroads. Yeah, it is really cool the track building up how you you know with the different types of whatever you want to call it, rail. Yeah. Yep. How that works is mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. Be interested to try it again. You might. <laughs> <laughs> My number 3, it is a game that keeps me coming back because there are so many different pieces in the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gloomhaven, I yeah, guess. This game has a lot of components. Yeah, so it, keeps it, me. it does. Seafall. And <laughs> when you first look at it, it's almost overwhelming because you're kind of you're getting different goods and you're piecing them together on your little mm. player board. And that is a feast for Odin. Mm-hmm. Every time I play this, I feel like I'm doing horrible. And you know, as 
par for the course. It it is. I'm doing terrible. And it just the strategy of it of piecing your stuff together and you know doing that well on my own player board. I'm still trying to figure that out. But how people actually get the exploration tiles and they get more maps to cover up. I I would love to get to that point to figure out the game as far as, you know, a strategy or how I'm playing the game as I guess I'm is the way I'm seeing that. So mm-hmm. it's one that I, I want to keep trying to try to get better at. Explore and refine yeah. strategies. Yeah, this one probably would hit my list if I played it a few more times. I'm not putting it... It was my honorable mention, but I've only played it once, so there's no way I'm going to mm-hmm. put it on there. Yeah, I kind of lump this and Gaia Project in the same boat for whatever reason, just when I think about them in my mind, because they're two heavier games of your heavier games, Tim. They're like heavier Euro games. They have a lot of strategy to them, so I kind of always put them in the same boat for whatever reason that you got around the same time, and I learned around the same time. Mm-hmm. So I always kind of compare these two for whatever reason. I like this one quite a bit more than Gaia Project right now. But after a few more plays, that could change or it could even out. But this is a good one, definitely. <laughs> so you're agreeing with me again? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on a roll today. I ain't got much for that. Yeah, I know you, you played it once too. You didn't really care for it. Uh, the I part just, I don't it like... It was like so many things. I didn't know fucking... I had no idea. I didn't, that didn't bother me. I, that was pretty easy to grasp just because the worker placement stuff is so similar. Like each, like, oh, there's a one action here. There's four actions that are almost the same thing, yeah. just a little bit different. The yeah. part I didn't like about the game was the tile placement, the tetrisy. Hmm. It just, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't like it. It just didn't do anything for me. And other people go nuts about it. <laughs> Probably wouldn't like patchwork. I've played the app of it a oh. bunch. Okay. Yeah, it was fine. I like that better than the Feast for Odin style. Okay. But that's the whole game of patchwork. Right, yeah. And that's a fine game. Yeah. yeah. That's just my one complaint about the game. Is all. Gotcha. All right, so moving on to my number three. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Unless you got anything else? No, I'm waiting for you to go. Okay. It's, yeah, it's... All right, my number three has already been mentioned. Could you take a guess? Ryan, it's on your list. Orleans? Yes. Okay. My number three is Orleans. All the same reasons that you talked about. All the tracks, wonderful. Them tracks. <laughs> a lot of tracks yeah, in this game, track too. Guy. You can do anything you want, mm. and it's probably viable. And that is why I like coming back to it. The only thing you don't want to 100% ignore is, uh, what is it? The, well, the technology track, I think is what it's called. Mm. Where you, the multiplayer oh, the bottom? One. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I always Marv, make sure yeah. I get up You high go up a little bit. You got to go up some on that. Yeah. You can't, we told Marv specifically, the one thing you want to make sure you do is go up some on that. Yep. Didn't go up on it at all. It got blown away. <laughs> And this but one's yeah. this one's been on my mind since you got the upgrade mm-hmm. token, so uh really like it. Good stuff. Keeps me coming back. My number three, Ryan's number ten, Orleans. Oh, it's me, sorry. Yeah. 
little tidbit of information for you here, Tim. Some news, if you want to say. Ooh. Is uh, in my top 10 here, six of my top 27 games played are on this list. Six of your top 27? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to give some Tim news here. Oh, okay. News no one cared about. <laughs> uh, that was interesting. I Thank you for that. <laughs> so my number two game that keeps me coming back it was real hard to decide between my number one and number two, but that is a game I have played 40 times. That is Great Western Trail. Mm. A lot of, who designed this game? Uh, <laughs> Sir Alexander. Fister. Well, I just say Sir Alexander. Oh, you okay, should know. Okay. Everyone needs to know <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, this one's fantastic. Uh, it's got... The same thing as Marco Polo, where the board setup is completely different every single game. What buildings are available are different every single game, where you kind of formulate, okay, what's the best buildings I want to get out there, and what the layout of the starting buildings is very, very important too, like where they are in the path. Because if buying the cows is at or buying the workers is at the end of the path, it's going to be tough because you're going to be spending your money as you go through. So you got to make sure you save up enough. All that, all that good stuff. The expansion added to it, even without I, I've only played a handful of times with the expansion, but I'm always itching to play this one at game day. It's always on my radar of possible picks. It's got the, you know, the those that end game score pad that I just talked about in the mm-hmm. table talk. So many different strategies you can do, and I love refining them. And every time after I play, I want to play again. Whenever we play two-player, me and my wife, I'm always like, this game's too quick. We're playing again right after this is done with. <laughs> so that is my number two, Great Western Trail. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's a good game. Probably be on my honorable mention. My number two, it was discussed earlier, and it was also predicted to be on my list, and it is. That is Gaia Project. I pretty much agree with what you said, Aaron. It just kind of it's one of those games that, yeah. Just like Feast for Odin, I want to try to refine my strategy. Uh, it's kind of a heavier game that I do enjoy. And, yeah, that's all i got to say about it, I guess. This is the heavy game that I would that is space-themed that I want to play. Don't want to play Twilight Imperium. I want to play this. <laughs> They're not even... No, I know. But, yeah. <laughs> you just, just, I just had to... long, like heavier space-themed no, games. I had to slide it in there somehow. <laughs> you had to take that dig. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, yeah we just talked about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so my number two. Uh, I think I've played about three times now, trying to keep up with Ryan's list here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's three times, and that is Trickerion. I want to play again, and that would be okay if I did it right now. Uh, just the I I'd like to try some of the different magicians. I know they're just different schools of magic, but or whatever you want to call them, schools of mm. tricks. And uh, I don't know. There's <laughs> There's yeah. There's there's a lot that I think I have yet to see. Trying to combo different, you know, trying to get my resources matched up to do different combinations essentially throughout the game of tricks. And like I, I had talked about that in our review of Trickerion, how I like to try to plan ahead to see what resources line up. I want to mm-hmm. do more of that, and that is probably my biggest draw is trying to match up resources. But then. I want to try starting with different um, specialists, you know, because I feel like if you start with, you know, the manager 
I have a different route in mind for how I want to get the things done I want to get done. And so I think there's a lot more variability, and I'd like to see what the expansion bit you know oh, we, little, you've, you've told us about how mini one yep. yeah how it works and so I'd, i'm interested to try that now that i feel like i have the game more down yeah down in the sense of i understand it not down in the sense of i've got it all covered you know yep but yeah yeah I, it's trickerian i agree with everything uh this is not on my list but this is probably my number two new to me hotness type game right now Russian Railroads and Tricarian. I'm always sticking about them and mm-hmm. wanting to play them. They're always on that. It's on that. Every time it's a pick day, it's like, I could pick it, play Tricarian, you know. <laughs> it didn't hit my list because I had to make some sort of uh, criteria or else I, I just never would have been able to make a list. So it didn't get played <laughs> enough is my excuse oh. for it not hitting the list. But okay. it could easily yeah, be way up there. So, Like yep. I said, my list was just formulated in the moment. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's good one. Tim's number one is... No, I'm just kidding. My number one is a game I have played only eight times. Um, That is on the table. I've probably played the app against real people probably 20 times. And then I've played the computer just tons. And it always keeps me coming back. And every single time there's a game day, I want to play this one. Um... I'm trying not to formulate it so it's when we can split so that way Aaron doesn't have to play it and it's a longer game obviously. So, and that is Through the Ages, a new story of civilization. This game's awesome, um if you ask me. And you're, Aaron, you're right though. I'll let Aaron talk yeah, a little right. bit. But it's uh every time I play on the table or I play in the app, you know, it's I'm doing things a little bit differently. I'm comboing different cards together. I'm going after different stuff. Uh, what leaders come out and when they come out has a huge impact on your strategy. And you gotta, you have a long-term plan, but then it's also very tactical where you have to react and work with what you got. And I could just go on and on and on. It's just almost endless for me, honestly. I could keep playing it and playing it. So that's my number one through the ages. Isn't there a new expansion coming out? That's some they're play testing it to make sure it's like hmm. right. Which Dinogenics didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically new leaders and wonders. Yeah. Substitute yeah. for the other ones. Or maybe you can mix them too. I don't I don't know. Now I'd like to play this game with people who have played it about as many times as me. Maybe we'll set you up <laughs> a game against uh like Johnny and Marv or something. Marv's played the app. Not tons, you know, but... Yeah, it's a fantastic game. I played, like, just like you, I played more on the app than in person, but yeah, I'm down to play this whenever. So, if Aaron, you want to leave, we're going to play a two-player game of Through the Ages. I'm in. See you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So, my number one, it is... Probably a game that I've invested more in than any other. It is a two-player game, and it is the only... Well, I wouldn't say the only... Well, no, it's it's really the only miniatures game mm-hmm. right now that I've played. And that is Bolt Action or Conflict. And I play it usually with uh, 
my brother and I, we played a lot and I played a few times with Johnny and basically it's kind of a historical miniatures game. You buy the rule book, you read through that and then you can set up your armies and you basically, you determine how many points you're going to have and then field your faction from there. You can play different scenarios. You could just play, Hey, we're just going to fight each other for six rounds or whatever, however you want to play it. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. A lot of it that might bring me back to it too, is the, you know, investing time into painting the miniatures and putting them together. So that, you know, I, I put that time into it. So I think about it a lot and I want to play it a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's, probably part of the reason why well, that's half of it because yeah. i have like no interest in putting that stuff together or painting it but if you're into miniatures gaming that's the hobby yeah. of it is doing that yeah and you know i think i've played it 30 40 times and you know it does take you know time setting everything up you gotta put all the terrain on the table you gotta figure it out but um you know to play it we've got the rules down pretty well we could play it fairly quickly depending on the size of our armies that we're feeling. But, um, yeah, it's a fantastic game, in my opinion. And if you don't mind gluing models together, painting them, and, you know, it's got the historical theme that I enjoy. And then with the conflict, it adds kind of weird war stuff and just goofy things from there. But it kind of helps bring me back to it as well, you know. So, Aaron. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I could see myself getting into painting miniatures and stuff, like, but I just don't have the time. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. if I did it, I'd want to do it, too. You know what I mean? I wouldn't want to just paint this thing. I would I would do it. It's funny, because um, Johnny, when he first bought into it, he was, like, all gung-ho. He started painting his Russian figures. And he even came to me and Jack, and he's like, yeah, I, I started painting. I was all excited. <laughs> And I realized how many it was. It was going to be tedious. He's like, I just couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> so, like, he had his sister. She started painting them for him. <laughs> and then, like, she stopped doing it. And then out of nowhere, he got into it again. He's like, yeah, I got everything painted already. And <laughs> So he's, like, up and down on it all the time, just yeah, whether right. he's painting or not. But Depends on how much time he has or what mood he's in. Yeah, you know, and that's... not always in the yeah. mood for it, but sometimes he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned in a previous episode about a game being fiddly and Ticket to Ride. Now, this would be the essence of fiddly in setup and gameplay. Yeah, I Bolt would. Action. Yeah, I would say if yeah. you don't like, if you fiddly. think Ticket to Ride's fiddly, <laughs> I this one's going to melt your head. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had no interest in the first place because it's a war game. But yeah. there's, there's dice rolling. There's dice yeah. rolling. Ugh. Takes yeah. four to six hours. Well, I mean, you could set that how you want, but the, the three times I played, it was like six hours. Uh, yeah, again, it, it depends on how big of a army. You could field a 500-point <clears throat> army and play it in like an hour. You could field a 2,000-point army and we play for half the day. So, I can understand the appeal. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's my number one bolt action. <laughs> uh... <laughs> So my number one. Okay. Did you forget to make a number one? Is that no, I, I got a number one. I think I want to do it. Is it that kind of pick that we're just going to bash you for it? Or? I don't think you are. I don't think you will. What about me? No, I don't think you will. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't think you will. 
My number one game that keeps me coming back is gaming with me and Tim. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Real heart to heart moment now. Aaron. <laughs> you shouldn't have. He's not. I know. Is Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, okay. And when I can get into a story and get into my character and with the actual like level progression and character progression and everything involved, there's nothing like it for me. And I've been really wanting to play, but can't really. Anyhow. Time. Time. Yeah, it just, time. you know, in, in, in that kind of thing, it's one of those story-driven things where you got to get together every... Yeah, you got to have the same all group, the time. typically. And, and you, know. you don't want to leave off for a while because then people lose their excitement about the story that's yeah. going on. Right, exactly. So, But when you can get into that groove of playing... There's really just nothing like it. I get to do whatever I want. There are just the... There's limitations in the game, but really it's up to your imagination. Yeah. What you can... Yep. What you do. And there's... Like I said, there's nothing like it. I like rolling... In this game, I like rolling dice. Because, <laughs> you know... it. I think because it, it helps drive that story. Yeah. So it... You know, it's and not... it's co-op, too. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's all about the story. It's and all the... Your your interactions with the other characters can be really fun. Yeah, and just trying to suss. There's you know puzzle solving. There's tactical combat. There's um, role playing opportunities where you can and use every player's strengths in some different way. But you know, I could probably talk to you for hours and hours about how cool Dungeons Dragons is. But I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So I'll, I'll just give some of my thoughts on it. Um, the first couple campaigns we ran, the group wasn't very good at role playing. Yeah, we no, were. no. But there was still obviously there's still fun moments and stuff you won't ever forget, no matter how. However, um, like the funnest I've had is when I ran for you guys. I like ran a dungeon. Uh, obviously, I railroaded you guys but that's because this was my first time and i don't know what i was doing but oh, we just, were just playing a one shot yeah we're doing yeah. one shot and i just set up rooms for you guys to go in and puzzles and it was fun to see how you guys would figure it out like mm-hmm. differently than what i had planned you know and it was just a lot of fun doing that and the last campaign we were running where like i had a bard i just had fun making up songs and oh stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yep. with that's the right and stuff the different vicious mockeries and how yeah. you can yeah. like mock people. I think my favorite part of D and D is looking through the spells or like all the up that stuff. Just looking at it, just I like that in any game where I just sit and look at that stuff and think about, daydream about it type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then the best for me is just the character creation. Yeah, it's just creating your character is the most fun. It is a ton of fun. I'll just sometimes create a character just to create a character. I got spare <laughs> sheets at home just with mm-hmm. characters on it, like mm-hmm. from different classes. Like, how can I optimize this? Or if you know, if it's six level and I'm four levels of rogue and two sorcerer, what you know, I like to try multi-classing stuff too. Yeah, it's fun. And it's tough, you know, to find time. Obviously, we play a lot of board games we're doing the podcast mm-hmm. so i mean for tim it'd be especially hard with doing the podcast board games miniature games and D. it's like yeah <laughs> three yeah. kids gotta, and at yeah. some point yet something has to get cut out unfortunately right now in our life this has kind of been cut out for a while at least. right 
but we got jobs. This this ain't paying the bills, folks. <laughs> yeah, and no, that's a I for whatever reason I never can thought about putting Dungeons and Dragons on here and yeah, that is one that I would definitely like to see us go back to at some point whether we do a full campaign book or we just do just little do a one shot. Yeah, like just little one shots, yeah. Like a full day one shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be the easiest. And it, and I know that would be easier. And yeah, it's always a, a lot of fun. And, you know, after we finish our sessions, we're always kind of chatting about it. And, you know, it's it creates those moments that you never forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we... Johnny let that girl just... <laughs> just lying bloodied or whatever. Yeah. And, then... and the whole time he was trying to, like, help her out or whatnot and then like he just then he just uh, that moment he just did, like <laughs> walked by and started looting the house or whatever yeah he's <laughs> this girl he was pursuing he walks into a building sees her bloodied on a couch and just walks on past Ooh, there's a sword on the wall yeah <laughs> that's that sword i've been going after the whole time and then she was gone when he went back yeah. to help her yeah, that's yep. right. <laughs> yeah just like those you know and like when we played with marv that time you gave him like a beefy character <laughs> and he just yeah. he couldn't do anything like yeah, he was yeah. a were tiger he yeah. fell into a hole a and he got like, yeah i got attacked by a snake yeah. and it was just <laughs> just ridiculous yep. that character is forever tainted yeah. unfortunately yep. for aaron yeah, it was, it was gonna make him it was super gonna cool be a <laughs> total badass but <laughs> yeah that's fun anyhow that's my number one what's some uh some honorable mentions that you guys have tim i'm surprised you didn't have through the ages on at all even yeah you know and i think the reason is just just because we haven't been able to get it to the table as much as we I want. You don't have the app now. You said either. You yeah, a... and I I changed phones. Yeah, you I changed had Samsung. I went to I... Apple, so I don't have the app currently. I've been thinking about buying it again, but I just haven't. And that's probably part of it because I have not been playing the app. We haven't played the tabletop version in some time now. Uh, but no, it's definitely one that I always want to try again. It just, you know, I didn't consider it for my list. After hearing Aaron's number one, I that would be probably my honorable mention that I just didn't think of hmm. um, for putting it on there. Uh, maybe another one would be something like Cthulhu Wars. You know, I do have, I don't have everything for it. There's a ton of stuff out there now, a bunch of different factions, different boards. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, I just have base game and two of the factions for it, but it plays similar enough to Chaos, where I think I prefer Chaos a little bit better. And, you know, we do play that one fairly regularly, and I, you know, they're both games that I do. Same itch kind of thing. Yeah. You you play one, you kind of. So I think that's maybe why it, drop down a little bit but it's one that i'm always kind of considering playing but just not recently i guess so some of my honorable mentions would be <clears throat> more abstract strategy games i've tried to want i wanted to limit it a little bit and just go with my <laughs> yeah. like favorite ones are throw it on there the two-player ones all those ones like you said it's it's the they one you can just keep coming back to yeah so all of the ones that I have are on there. Shobu, that the new one I got, I'd thought about that, but I just went with Czar anyways. <laughs> yeah, I got Teotihuacan. It falls in the same boat as uh, Marco Polo and Great Western Trail with a completely different setup of the board and looking at the board and picking their best 
strategy or what's going to work best for that game. It's got that going on for it. And Summoner Wars, Timmy talked about that. I've played that one 110 times. <laughs> played it with uh, All Down. <laughs> He'd come over all the time and just we'd play multiple, multiple games <laughs> for quite a while there. Because he just kept trying to, his Phoenix Elves, he just kept wanting to play those Phoenix Elves <laughs> over and over and over and over again. <laughs> Uh, then Heaven and Ale is the other one I wanted to mention. You know, I thought that was going to be on yours. Was... Yeah, it's it's a tough game. Uh, it's, it just feels like it goes so fast, but it's it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it, and it's so much different feeling than any other game. And I'm excited to see what the expansion later this year is. And the last one I had I already talked about was Feast for Odin, but I just played that once, so I'll see after a couple more plays if that would have hit the list or not long term. I think that wraps it up. Yep. So, dual winners. We are not going to be attending Gen Con, but mm. we're hosting a Gen Cant event mm. at the game capital in De Pere, Wisconsin. So if you're in the area, come on over, play some games with us. We're going to be there from about 10 a.m. to store close at 7 p.m. Yeah, potentially later, just it kind of depends, but... Uh... We're going to be bringing a bunch of games there. They got some games, you know, play whatever. Um, we're going to be giving a couple games away, maybe doing some stuff. Yep. So. Yeah, I think we're kind of planning on three giveaways right now that could change. Uh, but we're looking at Istanbul, Prodigal's Club, and probably a gift card. If we have just one guy show up, we'll probably just do one giveaway. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So it, it kind of depends, but that's that's our initial plan. Yeah. So that's exciting. That is Saturday, August third. Yep. The game capital. Yep. In De Pere, Wisconsin. Yeah, that is correct. So uh, we do a little plug in here, dual winners. Uh-oh. If you want to email us. Get a hold of us at dualwingames at gmail.com. We'd love for you to join our Board Game Geek Guild. That is boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash 3471. Jump on there. Get some topics rolling. You know, we could use some ideas or questions for the show. Also, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at dualwingames. And we're going to be seeing you guys in two weeks for another episode of Dualwind Games, a board game podcast. On episode 16, we discuss what turns you off to games, we review Pipeline and Five Tribes, and we go over our top five most anticipated games from Gen Con 2019. So, my biggest takeaway from this episode is if Alexander Fister would create a game with score pads and tracks, you would go nuts. With... Uh, Tassini and Luciani at go go hamburgers. Who who would do the art for that? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care at all. Fair enough. All right. See you next time. Thanks, everybody. Later. Tim, what do you think? <laughs> Me? What do I think? About <laughs> gameplay? <laughs> of practice? What, what game? <laughs> I'm talking about practice. Not a game.
Practice.